0: Huge space! look how fast he's going, polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lord's rain soak Lourdes. Getting the last step down, the crowd is roaring, he is going to do it, he's going to smash the time. Oh, oh,
1: Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling.
0: Hello and how's it? Welcome back to the show, this is Moving the Needle podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Niedling. If you're new to the show, well thanks for joining, thanks for downloading. Now, I think if you are looking at the timelines, I may have missed a week. I may not have. Hey, I had some technical difficulties with my Mac. Hey, such is life in the uh, tech and audio world. So, guys, this one is going to be a little bit different. I know some of you don't even listen to the intro. I know who you are. It's all good. But um, what I'm going to do is do a rebroadcast of an episode that I went on the hooked podcast now known as the ride companion Davey from hooked was really i guess a mentor in the podcast world and he had me on a while ago and i'm not sure all of you heard that episode there's some some good stuff in there and i thought it'd be a little bit different because he was interviewing me so if you are newish to the show or maybe don't know some of my history then you get some of it in there. So guys, without further ado, this is a lot different to my normal one where I'm interviewing someone. And also, what I want you guys to do, please, man, send me some questions. I guess the easiest is direct message on Instagram or some of those social platforms. We're gonna get into answering uh, kind of the crew that's listening to this podcast. Maybe you're battling with something. Maybe you wanna improve on something. Yeah, or it's random. Maybe you wanna hear our thoughts on some of the rider changes, you know? Hit me up. So, guys, thanks very much for all the support.
1: Crossed, isn't it? When you press this thing, sometimes it's like, fingers are crossed. So, we hope we get through this one with no technical difficulties, but here we go. All right, man. Mr. Neathlin, welcome back to the podcast, dude. It's a pleasure to see you once again.
0: Yeah, and, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's cool to be, I'm honored to get back on it. It's been a while. I've been hearing uh, you and Ollie going, going, Going wild on your millions <laughs> lockdown companion.
1: I know. <laughs> I know, mate. Thank God that thing's over. I mean, not thank God that the series is over, but f- yeah, thank God the series is over because a weekly show is it's heavy. It's a lot of work, as you probably know. Well, now you're a podcaster. Well,
0: yeah, now now I know. So I have to thank you and not thank you because it's obviously it's more work than anyone ever expected, especially if yeah. you have a technical difficulty with your recording and you have to sit and edit for hours on end but um yeah i think like you guys said you can get rid of the word lockdown but you guys have got a cool thing going i think your fan base is growing big time as well so
1: yeah i'm excited for it dude i'm excited we've had a bit of a expression session today ollie and i looking at new logos for the new show coming up with some some ideas and stuff like that but ultimately the same thing with a different name on it it's just going to be Easier and nicer not to have to say that lockdown word anymore, even though we are technically, I guess, still in lockdown here in the UK. Oh, it's and ridiculous, isn't it? It doesn't seem to be ending ever. I feel like if we just carried on doing that, it it would get to like episode number one hundred. That's how it feels <laughs> like at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> it forced you to start
0: something cool, and um, I think a lot of the fans went on a journey with you guys and uh, yeah but you're lucky to have ollie as well i mean he's lucky to have you you guys have like a varied skill set but he's super creative isn't he you know like the ideas yeah. in his head i know he's got that sketch pad and yeah you're, l- yeah, you're exactly lucky with like that he he's, is. Super, he's super
1: creative and like a yes man he is super creative and it was funny because i shared the whatsapp conversation that we had when we fit well when the idea first came to my head and i was like ollie blah blah blah, blah do you want to do this thing and he was like yeah can do and I was like, okay. And then within like two hours, we were pretty much recording the first the first show. So yeah, to say he's a yes man is 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 very accurate. And it's funny, man. Like when you really think about that, you know, Ollie and I didn't really know each other going into that at all. Really, like we'd done an, an episode. No, we'd done two episodes together, I think. But other than that, we just kept in touch every few months, and you know, whatever we you know calling various favors and stuff. And uh yeah it's, it's been crazy man i call ollie now like he's one of my closest friends because of we chat shit constantly <laughs> every day yeah, and then yeah. sometimes <laughs> we record it as well so it, it's been cool man it's been a hell of a journey and it's it's insane to see where it's gone and and how many people sort of had i will not say takeaways from it but it, you know there's definitely an element of it actually helping people get through a very strange and tough time oh, for, for, I, I, for a lot of people.
0: So, 100%. I was going to say, like, we shared some of those messages. I'm obviously new in the podcast and I've been racing, but you know, racing, I guess, inspires kids to race or whatever it is. You know, you don't always get your message across, but what mm. you've been able to do and, and help those people like those, some of those messages, it's like, guys, if you're listening to this that did send a message, keep it coming. Because the more yeah. you send the message, the more Dave or me, we do get inspired by that. And it's like there's a lot of fulfillment that you get out of you. are Like, shucks, the guys are listening or they're taking something away, as is some yeah. of the podcasts we've obviously listened to, some of the world-renowned ones. You're picking 100%. up little nuggets here and there, and you're like, okay, cool. That's yeah. how they're looking at lockdown. They're starting a podcast or starting a series of a podcast and learning their way through it you know and they're just doing things Mm. get keeping busy pushing ahead like you know there's like two types of people that are going to be in lockdown you know the guys that just sit back and play victim and then guys that step up and say you know what i'm not waiting for the new normal i'm not waiting for the old normal and that's another one maybe there's three some people hoping it's going to be the old normal which i almost was like hey when we get back to normal we'll (laughs) see you see you in europe again i'm in europe it ain't normal just done <laughs> five days of quarantine in a hotel. I thought they were going to come check on me. They kind of did not And that's just part of wow. traveling right now, you know? So, yeah. but back to your yeah. point and and the listeners, like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys have inspired a lot of people because it's
1: it is cool. a lot of it humor. Is. I was thinking about it the other day. And, you know, there's discuss. a lot of
0: humor in it. And, and, and that, look, <laughs> dude, life's stressful enough. Then there's lockdown, COVID, and not to be insensitive. There's hardship mm-hmm. and people going through shit. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, you know, I've had listened to hundreds upon hundreds of hours of podcasts throughout my life now. And I don't think I've ever sent a DM to a single podcast host. I Genuinely don't think I have. So every time, and it really like really? resonated the other Never. day. I don't think I've, and some of these episodes I've listened to have legitimately like changed my life. You know, I've had various takeaways. Yeah. Let's just say, for example, something like Wim Hof the breathing and the cold exposure. That's changed my life for the better. You know, that I discovered him through podcasts. Have I ever messaged Wim Hof saying thank you? No. So the fact that anyone would do that to me or Ollie is just, or yourself or yeah, whoever, so, so, is so imagine how many uh,
0: Yeah, imagine how many others there are. But I wonder, mountain yeah. bikes, it's also the mountain bike scene. Like, it's just this weird family industry. It's pretty cool. But on that point... Totally. I also haven't reached out, you know, maybe because you think they're too famous, so you think this, but mm. I, I reached out to, it was a podcast series I listened to, and it's on the golf side, but the guy's a like former, former player, now he broadcasts, he's got this buddy of his, and they're doing these episodes that made me think of you and Ollie, And I was like, you know what, these guys, I listen to each episode, I get humor, I get value, and I feel part of the scene. Cool. I messaged a guy, but also wrote like, hey, this, this and this and no pressure to get back to me. Like they probably get a hmm. lot of them. Like I don't, but I think we maybe need to start messaging some of these, these podcasts. Totally. Even if you don't get a reply, totally. like, I mean, they're, yeah. they giving Whatever. All this value I think
1: value the fact that you've three. done it is, is, is enough,
0: isn't it? Well, I was hoping for a reply totally, as well. Yeah, I won't, yeah, be, yeah, I, sure. won't I won't have, been, you know, disillusioned there. Like, <laughs> I would have loved a reply and I'd be like, I'm like a fan of this show. Dude, it might come.
1: Maybe. Because I'm come. like,
0: I replied to all the messages. or tried to. Maybe I don't get enough of them,
1: yeah. So that,
0: I don't know, I just make the time for
1: it. Same. I make the time for it. I try. I know there's, I've got a bunch at the moment um, sat in the, you know, I just leave them as unread. I don't even open it. And I'm like, as soon as I get a spare hour, two hours, I'll sit down and go through them and reply back to people and send video messages back and That's awesome. all sorts of stuff. But that's yeah, a that's yeah,
0: a good it, but is that a conscious effort to batch it and do it all at once you know yeah. otherwise you're going in all the time and i mean that's a yeah, whole other I, skill I set it, to get it, can, to it can
1: get a lot can't it you'll you know it can get a lot if you've got 50 60 messages in there and it's like you just need to carve out an hour two hours just to go through and just you know some of it's just delete you know some of it is is rubbish it's a lot of pictures and a lot of will you be an ambassador for this brand and whatever Um, you know like various terrible pyramid schemes and stuff but there is a lot of value in there as well and it's really nice to hear from people I think that's one thing that I've always tried to get across myself it's like I genuinely enjoy hearing from people and getting conversations going and you know meeting people people for a bike ride or whatever we can do really Um, so I've been doing that a bunch and but yeah it gets it can get a lot even dude can you imagine what it's like on for bigger shows and bigger people who are like you know influencing people no, they so must speak. be speak outs- they, they must have be to outsource a lot
0: yeah no they don't yeah. even look at the direct messages a lot you know
1: saying that though um jamie oliver yeah right <laughs> did, Funny you re- story. did he reply to you?
0: have you did <laughs> oh yeah i thought you oh, said yeah. you don't send messages
1: No, but this is different. This is through Saks, through the underwear thing. So we uh, heard a murmur that Jamie Oliver was a bit of a fan of Saks underwear. Really? Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah, it came through a a really reliable source. So I just shot him a really quick DM like, "Hey, dude, you know I've heard just slid right into his DMs. Slid straight in there. Can we send you some product? And he came back within like ten minutes. He's like, "Oh, really great to hear from you. (laughs) Like, love the product. Here's my number. Here's my address. I was like, "Whoa. Like, people actually do that. Honestly, That's crazy. So. Yeah, you never know, right?
0: Yeah. Like, but, I mean, no. you've obviously got the synergy that you technically had someone that said, no, he definitely does like it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it this morning with a celebrity, too. When I say I don't send messages, what I meant, I guess, was I don't really... Say thank you to people who've produced a podcast that I've had a massive takeaway from.
0: Yeah, right. I'm gonna get straight off this and message Joe Rogan. He better
1: reply. He Should be he's he's, <laughs> he's obviously reply, listening yeah. to this. Him and the Rock. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine what those DMs look like? Oh my god! Can you imagine? There's a few. There's a few videos I saw ages ago on somewhere on social media. I think it was a professional footballer who turned his notifications on on his Instagram, Oh, and it was just. That's about... <laughs> Just doing, and he's like, I can't even touch my phone. You just have to turn it off, <laughs> delete but the app. Is the
0: <laughs> is the new goal to get a reply to a DM versus like you know the question age old question like who would you love to have dinner with? Yeah, is, is the new is the who new who would you like a, a DM it, from? Who would you like a DM reply from
1: Yeah, it's true, man. It's true. I don't know who I you know personally. I think if if Rogan sent one back you know, that would be Bro, He's on a, my dinner list, isn't
0: he? hundred percent. Yeah. He's a character yeah. of note. I'd love to, because you know, you're going to have an incredible conversation with that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for him, it'd be like talking to a chimp, talking to me, but yeah, I know what you mean. You could ask, well, you could ask a lot of questions and get I, a lot of answers. Hopefully our
0: podcasting <laughs> skills play out and he doesn't see through it and we'll ask the questions and he'll rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you see him sometimes. I was listening to a shroom one, this guy that's, he studies mushrooms and effect, oh, yeah. effects of it and stuff. Stamets. Yeah. Is it, is that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. That honestly, so far over my head and I could even see Joe. I was like, mm, there's no way some <laughs> of this stuff is sitting with him. But anyway.
1: <laughs> totally. So how's things going with you? You know, it's been a little while since we've properly spoke. Um I'd like to know, first up, how's the podcast going? You know, we spoke a little bit about it just then, I guess, that it's going well, uh, other than standard technical issues. You know, I think that's what happens when you don't have a, a studio and a massive budget to fly people in and put them in a hotel for a couple of nights and stuff. But that's the dream, man. That's the dream. Yeah. It's coming. I can see it. Well, Moving it's... the needle, get that private jet fired yeah, up there soon. You go. <laughs>
0: No, uh, yeah, choose for asking. I mean, you're staring at the dildo in front of my face here, the new mic. I went and invested in a mic. Um, nice. I always, always want to try to do things properly, but I wasn't going to rush into it. So um, it's yeah. been great, man. Um, okay. But like anything in life, you know, you get the honeymoon, the excitement, then the honeymoon stage, then you guys come on, do it. You'll, you could be good. And, and you need that. And then you need to start. Yeah. So we've been through that. We spoke about on the last podcast. And then now I'm over a year in and, and I'm enjoying it. And the conversations are great. The support's been awesome. And uh, obviously racing has kicked off. So I, I've been doing the bench racing. I mean, I'm a fan. I was a racer. And I just want to – I just think that guys – the guys that are racing, I want to see them like be out there and the stories being told behind them because – the more people understand the character, the more people see that they're human, I think the better the fan base can grow, right? So that's the podcast. Mm. Let's let's have a conversation for an hour, two hours. Let's get to know the rider, what makes him tick, some side stories, and, and I think I can bring them out. So that's been fun. And then, yeah, just drop this, what's today? Tuesday. So I do a, a race review and Crank Brothers came on board. They stepped up. Amazing. I've done a partnership with them because they are such passionate racers and I use their pedal... Mm for 13 of the 14 years I was out there uh, racing so I believe in the product it's it's race proven um, so they said oh we love what you're doing but you know can we do these race review things so that's been cool so just drop like a preview and then got Ed Masters help me break down the gang it's a fun look it's a serious look it's a let's try to find some gossip what's going on in the world of downhill. I'm not at all the races. I might not get to any of them. It depends on this COVID thing, but I've been to most of the tracks. I know the riders like, yeah, I can't say what the route really looked like that year, but I also know a few things. So it's been fun. It's, it's been a journey Dave. So, uh, yeah so, onwards really and upwards cool. and but, I think... but the work is set in like the 81 had a technical di- difficulty and um <laughs> i honestly thought i was getting sick my eyes were like burning had a bit of a headache but i've been staring at the screen so long so <laughs> oh. yeah
1: mate i know that feeling i know that feeling all too well over the years for sure and like i said i don't think there's a there isn't a perfect solution is there it's technology it's time differences it's time zones it's Internet issues. There's so many factors that goes into it. That and and what's really cool is I think people appreciate that now about podcasts, especially as as we've been put into this sort of virtual working space even more. That people are a bit like, look, you know, you're making the best of what you've got. Sometimes, you know, you, unless you have like a studio and stuff or something, and you can fly guests in, and you know, the reality of that is difficult. I think probably people might not necessarily understand how hard that is to pull off you know That's that's a it's a big undertaking and i think you know we've got a mutual friend now i guess in in jace at gypsy tales and i always i always his stuff because that guy went all in man i mean i'm one of those guys that goes all in on projects you know i i go all in i don't tickle around the edges it's like if i'm doing it i'm doing it yeah but then there's that level of what jace did which was invest every single penny he had Into building a studio, having no idea if you would ever even be able to get a guest in there, (laughs) like it's it's pretty gnarly, man. Like that's pretty gnarly. Hundred
0: percent. Yeah, we should break that down. I mean, we're obviously doing it kind of on the side. It's 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 not like someone's paying us to go into a studio, do a job, edit it. It's like these guys that are producing the high quality stuff, Joe Rogan, incredible. Yeah. But I mean, these guys can outsource everything. It's like. Someone probably books a guest for him, deals with the logistics, they fly guys in, like you said. Then he comes yeah. in, he does his prep, or sometimes he doesn't have to, because it's off the cuff or he's got the knowledge, and then he leaves. Mm. And someone yeah. else edits it, someone else does the assets. Well, that doesn't happen yeah. with me and you. <laughs> we always text him. <laughs> no, know, it doesn't. You know, shit, I have had a diff- difficulty. I, uh, now I'm going to make the assets. Like I was late getting the assets for the race review, so now I'm going to have to do that tonight, tomorrow morning, before the day starts and that's not a complaint yeah. that's a byproduct no. of choosing to do do this but yeah um the jace thing's so awesome I, uh, I like his content and it's awesome to see him go all in i mean he's got the studio in australia so guest mm-hmm. there is going to be like australian bias and then he's got connections or i don't know how he's doing his american side but i mean that's the yeah, dream set up an
1: american studio which is insane yeah just have people drive there especially in california you know with the motor stuff everyone's going to there for the most part you know no even no if they're not there it's... all the time they're gonna come past california because it's the hub of mountain biking of motor.
0: yeah
1: um so super smart thing to have done and i mean yeah put a producer at that side you got a producer at mm. the aussie side it's, it's the perfect thing but dude i don't feel like you or i mean i'm pretty much there with that now with getting someone in to help um I've had a little bit of help over the last couple of episodes, which people might not necessarily notice, um, but that was just trying to get somebody to get familiar with the platforms like this one that we use to be able to come in and take the assets out. Um, but for me, like, and this isn't a complaint, it's just purely for, for, for conversation, but the hardest thing is the episode's easy, right? For the most part, you could sit and have a nice conversation, but once you press end on that call, that's when the work really kicks in you know and and i guess people don't necessarily see maybe a couple of hours research before organizing guests which even virtually is still really hard with time zones and scheduling especially this time of year people get busier um and then yeah the work starts it's like creating assets creating little blog posts you know if you're going to submit it to various mountain bike websites that takes ages um writing the copy editing it's it's a big undertaking dude like i've spent almost all day on an episode
0: yeah like you today. will 100 percent. and uh so. i think the listeners out there if you do like any form of motocross um travel stories and stuff gypsy tales is is always a good listen and, and i like what he's doing with his moto content he's not claiming to be the the expert expert that's at a race and he owns that mm. which is awesome like there's been some roof yeah. with some of the like really high end experts in America, <laughs> the pulp stuff. yeah. And I mean, I listen, yeah. I listen to it all. I take inspiration from it all, um, and that's yeah. where we came up with the Crank Brothers Race Review. It's like I used to listen to that stuff. Crank Brothers marketing manager listens to that stuff. I was already doing, and he's like, "Let's mesh it together." Uh, so we take inspiration mm-hmm. from everyone's work. Um, so yeah, if you like motocross and some good travel stories, Gypsy Tales is a good shout, definitely. Uh, yep. But to your point yeah i think it's nice to explain because so i was driving back when i was texting you hey a little bit late we're at this bike park outside vienna super awesome and we can chat bike parks and what we think of the future of that and and riding and racing but um he's like oh shame you've got what time's your work call like are you doing the podcast i said don't stress he's happy to push it back and i just needed to get on the call then my job's done and i'm going to bed (laughs) It's like I'm the, I'm going on his show, so he's got the work to do, and and that's I can tease you because I always you know like I know the yeah. next episode I record, I'm the dickhead that <laughs> pushes stop, <laughs> and then you sit there and you pray that the recording's download in the format yeah. and the the quality you need so that you can give a decent product to your listener because you don't want to put out mm. crap. We're trying to put yeah. out the best we can do, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, certainly try. Certainly try. I mean, I, I have been guilty over the last sort of however many years of letting quality slide sometimes, you know, and a lot of that is just purely down to not having the time to put into it. It is That is what it is. It's not necessarily anything <laughs> other than that, than like, right, it's half past 12 at night, got to be up at five. You know, that is literally... that. Like, yeah, right, you've got a full-time
0: do, job as well. Go. But re- yeah,
1: I have a full-time. I have three full-time jobs technically the basic time. The,
0: the, so. the, best, the best part of this whole thing is you helped me with the editing software then i was all excited in lockdown i did like seven or eight hours work editing cutting uh brendan was the guest he had a freaking mm. sniffle and i like audio adjusted his snuffle out and i cut all this other bullshit out and then i did it in the wrong order and didn't do the intro before i did that anyway long story short i lost the eight hours i had to redo it but then the funniest thing you're like oh i Definitely don't even edit them, and I definitely didn't edit them in the beginning when I started my podcast. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. When I do something, I do it properly, and uh, that was eight hours. I'm never getting back.
1: Yeah, and I think going back to what we were just talking about, we can blame Jace and certain other podcasts for that because they step the game up too far. I think everyone was pretty happy with my stuff for a bit it was like hey it's cool you know he's making the best out of what he's got with skype and a shitty microphone yeah (laughs) and then this stuff comes in and it's like okay all right maybe we need to raise the level just a little bit higher (laughs) yeah well than just being like oh that'll do people will be okay with it
0: yeah totally and everything's free as well and i mean yeah i love when you get complaints like you're giving out free content and then you got keyboard warriors
1: oh man yeah don't get me started on that i been yeah I had to delete a few comments off YouTube today people getting a bit nasty out there maybe a little bit a bit of cabin cabin fever or something wherever they are but yeah really not not good I don't get that I I
0: I give guys a chance like directly like if I had a a bad experience at a restaurant and and I'm just a guy I'm like you can go and give them a bad review or you hmm. can see if they'll learn from it and how they respond you know like the shocking service so I took my mall I think it was Mother's Day. I think me and the missus took my mom out for breakfast. And it was so comical. I'm always the guy like, can we please not complain? Like, let's just get out of here or whatever. I literally was losing it. Anyway, but I sent them a direct email. I found their email. And I was okay. like, here's the feedback. Use it, don't use it. Let's see how you respond. Um, mm. I'm not as perfect. Sometimes yeah, I want to go out there and lash them online. I guess if I miss a flight and they treat me badly, I'm going to use my Twitter account to try Get a free voucher. I don't know. I guess that's what people yeah. want to do, but it kind of sucks when they just like really bash you online.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, and just YouTube comments and stuff. I mean, YouTube's kind of ruthless in it. People say some horrible things on that, and sometimes it's a really bad start to the day when you, oh, look at all these YouTube comments. It says, you know, it says nine plus, and you go, oh, what are they? And it's so just some guy's just like <laughs> giving you a load of shit, and you're like, just don't listen like seriously it doesn't matter like please rather than write that shitty comment like just don't listen it's way better for are everyone worse, on concert. worse than
0: some of the pink bike comments probably are oh dude really
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know i've had some bad pink bike comments <laughs> over
0: the years. yeah but pink bike <laughs> guys are often like you know pretty switched on you know in the scene and stuff a lot of them are like the tech and so they'll they'll chew you apart for some valid reasons but yeah. Yeah. yeah, keyboard warriors
1: are funny, man. Yeah, it's it's not cool, but hey, whatever. I guess if it if there's a little element of something in there you can learn from, then fair enough. If someone's so like, yeah, look, I'm to your podcast, yeah, like, and here's what I think. Maybe you could improve this a little bit. It's like, oh, cool, but just to go, who's this fucking idiot? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't it doesn't help anybody, right? It make
0: it clearly makes him <laughs> feel better about his life, I guess. Yeah
1: exactly just yeah i saw some comments. cheetos or something yeah i saw
0: some feedback comments the guy was like no don't take it personally i'm just just the feedback it's like mm. i saw that about some podcasts and stuff out there which was fair enough yeah. fair enough you know everyone's trying yeah. so he gave him a
1: chance so yeah. they were all trying and especially when it's with with something that like we were just saying again like it takes quite a lot of work it's you want to just be like look well where's your show like show me what you're doing and and let's let's like let's have a conversation here but to just say something's you know shitty or it's bad quality or this and that and you're just like well okay but what where's your stuff like okay do something better you know that it's free to do almost you know it's going to cost you a few quid you know you get a few friends drafted in slide into enough dms you'll be able to find a guest (laughs) it's not that difficult you know it really isn't so show me your show me your stuff let's (laughs) let's have a conversation that would be (laughs) that would
0: be pretty fun yeah
1: yeah but it's good i think um you know going back to again like talking about the podcast stuff it's so cool to see so many amazing new shows um pop up you know our little podcast brotherhood seems to be growing quite a lot uh yeah I had, definitely uh, i got tippy to put in there now as well i got tippy's number just earlier is he on the what put, is he
0: on the whatsapp group
1: tippy he will be yeah i gotta just put him in there Wicked. sorry it's so, so many people starting the starting podcast it, it's really sick and it, yeah hopefully it benefits everyone no really, it, really it, it so.
0: definitely is growing and i think it's growing in the mountain bike scene there. lots of lots of podcasts and it's really cool and honored to be involved with it i think there's been some like yours some others have been going for a long time they're putting a lot of effort in it, it it's cool yeah and uh
1: yeah,
0: yeah it's it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time and speaking to some sponsors that are curious about it and, and asking about what you're doing and, and all that because they i think a lot of them do listen to podcasts in the spare time be it marketing business you know it depends mm. how much Mumbai by content you want but um no there's, yeah, def- there's a definitely there a place now. for it and it's <laughs> fun and Trying to learn, trying to trying to see what everyone wants, but at the same time you can't please everyone. So I'm gonna get yeah. some haters, and I'm gonna get some people that love it. I'd rather have people that really love it, even if it's smaller than like a few people that, were lots of people that yeah. kind of like it. It's like, hey,
1: totally. This is what I used totally.
0: to do. This is the journey I'm on now. Come with me. We're gonna do some racing. We're gonna to talk to some athletes. I'm gonna branch out. I want to get some. I have reached out to uh, another athlete that launched a podcast post-career and kind of like finding himself. So there's that synergy. He'd he'd like to come on mine. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, I reached out to Nathan Rennie, and I don't know if you know anything about Nathan Rennie.
1: But, you know what? I don't know much about Nathan well, Rennie other than that he every day sends me a link to sign up to his uh, to like his Facebook page. Does he? He's <laughs> Just, he's mad on Facebook. Is it landscaping? No, or oh,
0: no, But he's starting some coaching and stuff. But okay. So this is unfortunately you're going to have to consume this episode when it comes out because Nathan Rennie is the most authentic person I've ever met. Excuse me. <clears throat> you're gonna edit that out or not?
1: definitely not probably not don't cough anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) like how can i make his day worse i wouldn't want to do that so i'm excited because he basically mentored me whether he likes it or not and did we go for two hours this podcast could have been 10 i mean we could do hundreds he's threatening to write a book from all the stories he got up to the mischief he got up to some shit we got up to some shit and we raced bikes we raced them hard and he won the 2003 world cup title I mean, yeah. this is the guy that was just in the gate. Fabian Burrell's in front of him. Apparently, Fabian took his peak off at the time after they signed petitions, and he was like, this guy ain't beating me today, especially if he takes his peak off. And he went out and he, he won this race, but the stuff we did in between riding, just we're just lads on tour, I guess, having a great time. It's before everyone was in the gym every day and scientific training okay. programs. So... um
1: before social media too yeah yeah
0: thank goodness for some of it yeah we he probably would have got fired earlier than than he wished with some of social media but that's back to how's it going well that really is cool because i've reconnected with him i didn't really have a reason to reconnect i try you know you try but you don't get to sit for two hours and have a conversation if he lives in australia it's, it's not gonna happen so yeah that and i think it sets the tone really cool. for that
1: conversation too like it's do you know what i mean it sets it so if you said to nathan for example hey dude do you want to meet on skype we're going to have a couple of hour conversation he might be a little bit distracted he's probably going to be like mm, "Nah, you're all right but if you say look we're going to sit and we're going to record a podcast we're going to go through small stories we're going to turn our phones off we're just going to be as together as we possibly can be and as connected and bounce off each other then that's it sets the tone, I think. I think mm. you're, you're more open, you're more honest, you're more fired up for a conversation rather yeah. than just a general chit-chat. So I'm excited for that. When have you got that coming out?
0: Um, well, it's been pushed back a bit so because of these mm. race review ones, which we keep harping on. But um, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know when you're going to release this one. I can never keep... Uh, it's
1: probably going to come out... Uh, after crank works i think it might come out on friday so
0: then maybe just after that so keep an eye on my channel davy can you know link to yeah. it or whatever and the nathan anyone's yeah. gonna be fun when masters he started a bit of podcast but he's kind of busy racing so you know he's he's mm. dabbling with that he's come on as well i try to get a few done before i go on these trips and then you know, sometimes they, they get delayed. But anyway, enough enough of that garbage. That one's gonna be hilarious. If you have any uh like any uh what's the word? If you enjoy mountain biking at all and follow a little bit of Dino, you have to get to know this guy and this is a good one. And he, he drops so many nuggets. He drops yeah. so many life lessons and nuggets. You know, it's like a guy that is never, that's Is that Win
1: or or Nathan? Well both Sorry.
0: well both, but Nathan, yeah. honestly, he's very well spoken, he's switched on funny as shit he tells a story when they um so pd and sam and the reason i'm talking about it is because pd did talk about it in an article so i'm not getting anyone in trouble but sam hill mm-hmm. won in fort william the world Champs. i don't know if that was his second title i don't know. i didn't look it up but anyway so he wins the race mm-hmm. pd and pd and, and rennie get the great idea after a few beers to snip his brake hoses and his spokes And his bikes on display in Shram at the time. Because back in the day, um, Jason McCroy, as far as I know, I didn't know too much of him, but I know he was a legend of the sport and very close to PD and Warner. And I'm gonna okay. butcher I'm gonna butcher some of this, so I apologize and to be insensitive to the McCroy family and PD and stuff. But either McCroy was late or and the, the bike came in the van, and there was Warner, there was Petey, and either like Warner cut the spokes or the brake hose on the way to the airport trying to cause trouble, or McCroy cut Warners. So I don't know. So they had that okay. idea. So these guys tried to recreate that, and they thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. We would thought it was the funniest thing ever, but we were all pissed. Sam and his mechanic obviously didn't think it was that funny. So this is my version. Renny's going to tell his version, which is ridiculous as well. But I'm not condoning this behavior. I'm just, it happened. Uh, yeah. And those are the stories that no one really knows about. So the podcast gives you the, the
1: platform to, to dig them up that's amazing and that's definitely something that you bring to this table with the whole podcast thing is there is inside knowledge you've been on the scene for what did you say 14 plus years yeah
0: yeah 14 years and now this is fifth year post that but yeah being on covering the sport from various ways yeah
1: so you've got that you've got that inside knowledge which um i did see it's funny, you know, not to keep harping on about Jason bloody Gypsy Tales, but there was <laughs> someone in the comments section on Pink Bike, and I very rarely read Pink Bike comments, but someone said like there needs to be a Gypsy Tales for mountain biking, and I think that's your sort of calling, right? Those actual insights, because Jace is very well connected to teams, to riders, yeah. much the same as you are in mountain biking. So I feel like that's where you should have replied and is... said, "It's dude, it's there." Dude, is it's the, yeah. What I, more?
0: And then hit me up and tell me what you want, because I'll deliver yeah. it if it's going to be funny or add value. Yeah, that's
1: that's cool. Man. So good, good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where that's your calling, though man. You can offer that. You need, you know, you've got those insights. You've got those relationships with athletes, which you know they're not easy to get those relationships for for most people. You know, even I'd say for myself, having a platform and stuff now it's Still, if you meet someone for the first time and do a podcast with them, you do have a very, very good relationship after. You know, it's a very strange thing that happens. It's something that I still haven't got my head around. You know, I think it's funny. I was thinking it just as I was walking in here to talk to you. I was like, fuck, as if I'm about to sit and talk to Andrew and Ethan like talk to Needle, someone I've watched on TV for no
0: years, and followed. It,
1: and no, honestly, dude, but I'm not like I didn't come into this thinking. Oh, I'm a bit nervous. I don't really know how this is going to, oh God, what am I going to talk about? It's like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and talk to you. It's cool. We, we talk quite a lot anyway. So, it, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: I'm shitting so, but... it. I'm shitting it for this uh, this this guy I want to get on. I mean, he's X Games, gazillion medals. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. But I mean, that's going to take a lot of prep because you want to be yeah. prepared. But maybe you give me some advice. Like, I kind of am don't just... Don't over-prepare. Don't over prepare. It needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be. Because I think if you overthink it, then you're going to be a bit tense. Like, we need to just have a conversation. You need to be in the moment. And this teaches you that. Yeah. But if you don't prepare, you don't want to suck out. Like, you want to. You owe that guy to prepare, though. Like, you owe to know enough. You know, like if you say, watch me, you know, okay, downhill, some races, Mm. you don't need to know what result in what year. That's not the point. Mm. But. You kinda of gotta gather yeah. like his interests and where, where you can steer the conversation and stuff. So I'm gonna be yeah, it's you're like right. you're right. It's I think that's a lesson. It's like you know, that, that, that feeling when you're nervous and you don't actually wanna you don't actually wanna do it. But mm. the minute you start the recording or you do it, and the minute it's over you're like, That wasn't even that hard. Why did I make it? But that's normal, it's a natural human phenomenon. And I think that's it's a just resistance to people it out is. there, like if you're nervous of starting something new or you're uncomfortable, like go into that feeling. There's a reason you're uncomfortable, but it's not always bad. It's not always like, what is it? Freeze, fight or flight. It yeah, fight or flight. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't, you know, you might freeze because you're uncomfortable, but you might have to push through that. There's a reason you're uncomfortable. But
1: yeah, I, yeah, I did I remember you I'm said to same. me, don't
0: overprepare. Don't make it too rigid because it's meant to be a conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I've you know I've had conversations like that, especially on the run up to them with certain guests, and you're just super nervous. And I've, I think I've probably cancelled a few episodes too, just been like, oh, can we do tomorrow? Just because I feel just a bit nervous and a bit okay. not really ready for it. Yeah, um, definitely been a few of those. But I, I think the, the the example I always use, and I'm sorry for people that have heard this story a million times, would be. I remember having Luca Shaw on the podcast. Oh, you um, did tell me. Many yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah. And just didn't know anything about Luca. Did all this prep work and just blew through everything in like five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how did now you, it's time to just be yourself. How did, did, you, <laughs> just,
0: did you save it by being yourself and just like going Dude, I tangent. would
1: never go back and listen to that episode. I don't even know what we ended up talking about, but it must have been okay. But yeah, I can't remember, dude. I, I genuinely can't remember it at all. It's a long time ago now. Um But now it's, you know, I agree with you, I think coming into something like a a guest that you're maybe not personal with or not familiar with, bullet point stuff. This is the stuff that I want to make sure I hit and then just sort of skirt around the edges and just see where it goes. Because ultimately, I feel like sometimes the best conversations come from just being super organic and not really overthinking it. Yeah, but I mean you've got to have four hours last night. Yeah, but that's McDuffie's a podcast you're a (laughs) podcast. So
0: like it's gonna happen. But Yeah. There are guests, even if you do do it casually, they they can be difficult guests, you know? They they're not as talkative, it's just how it is. So and those are gonna be those episodes. They're gonna be a bit more flat, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think the early years of this too was there was I had a few guests personally that maybe didn't understand what a podcast really was. Yeah, it was. I mean, if you go back five and a half, six years, you know, people would be like, "You've got what? What is it? Like a radio Uh, show? What do I do? Do I just like dial in and off my phone? And it's just like the worst quality ever?" So I had like a bunch of episodes like that that were really awkward and a bit like pulling teeth. But then now, I. think the majority of people have either done a podcast they they listen to them you know mm. through the likes of joe rogan or yeah they've made whoever. it pretty
0: mainstream joe rogan the they understand that it's fast. like right we're gonna
1: sit down we're gonna you know my phone's gonna be off i'm just gonna have a conversation and i'm gonna try and be you know as open as possible um but, yeah, it's all a learning curve, dude, isn't it? It's only going to get like easier it, and better. It's so. like
0: anything. you just got to get the reps in, and you're going to be pretty sure in the beginning Tim Ferriss has spoken how bad his first one was. And I got <laughs> to that point, like, I'm comfortable. I, I'm comfortable speaking about races. I'm comfortable speaking to athletes. Um, you know, And I'm I'm asking my friends to come on because I, I know them. But I also made a conscious decision. I've reached out, like I said, to this guy. That's, that's nerve-wracking. That's uncomfortable. Not mm-hmm. just to get blown off, but, like, if he says yes, oh, shit. <laughs> and, I, and another yeah. one, I've gone, like, I want to get into the motor industry because those guys all ride Mountain bikes, I've met some of them. When I say met, like, through a sponsor, went to the track, hey, you, this is Andrew. And they're, like, forced to say hi to me and be like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, don't get, my, get, don't get in my way on the motor track. I'm like, I mm. fucking promise I won't um yes and you know like i've had like short conversations with them in the back of a motor truck and stuff like that and i've reached out through some people through some connections not just blind uh reaching out um and i haven't heard back from all of them heard back from some and and that's i'm uncomfortable i'm nervous as shit and i know like i get right. you got to get that first one out the way it's like anything
1: yeah you have you have and like you said i think the biggest thing is once you actually sit down and you press record and you, you get a bit of a vibe it's all good, anyway, isn't it? Really, but it's that first bit of like, how's it going to be? How you doing? What's going on? Yeah,
0: let's get, get, yeah you know, I let's totally. just get
1: it going. That's the first little bit that can that can be kind of nerve wracking, I think. But ultimately, there's a lot of learning lessons in that. I think sitting with it, you know, like you said, just enjoying that feeling. Sometimes it just it is what it is. Just be present and just pff, keep going. You know, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? You just don't put it out it's as simple as that yeah. <laughs> just, if it doesn't go to plan you know you just don't don't release it yeah fair enough exactly <laughs> just edit it heavily in your own favor yeah <laughs> so edit out all that
0: um, um uh, sorry i've lost yeah. my train of thought
1: <laughs> i was like dude you
0: know what you're doing and you just edit it all out
1: yeah. just edit it all out um so when we initially thought, thought about getting into doing this episode and catching up um you know you kind of reached out because you've seen the uh the pink bike can we call it? yeah it's the pink bike state of the industry yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and i really to want them. to get into Credit this. to
0: them for putting yeah. out the survey and kind of digging into stuff we've maybe not seen before
1: yeah definitely no definitely big credit to them um but i was curious you know when you see that sort of stuff come through do you read it with a pinch of salt or are you like no this is I don't know. This is le- going to be legit because obviously there's no real data in there as to who they've spoken to, uh, athlete-wise or anything like that. You, you know, it, I guess we just have to take it on good word that it is. I'd say athletes that how how don't really know how to put it. I wouldn't say big name athletes, but the right people. Let's just say, you know. Yeah, you, I mean, I guess they, you just take they, it on good merit that they're doing that.
0: They definitely were some big hitters in there. There's some salaries over 500k, so. <laughs> pretty sure they got some big hitters they only had one athlete from africa i can probably guess who that is there's only a few <laughs> so those two correlations is a certain coincidence but no i think they they said it themselves i listened to their stuff as well they said it themselves like you know it's a small crop of riders they try to get riders in the top 40 i mean i might butcher some of it go go read the survey it's it's interesting stuff it's stuff it that we didn't really. Yeah, I'm going to put about. a link to
1: it in the show description yeah. for people if you haven't read the survey because it is interesting. The full yeah. release is yeah. actually it's quite interesting. Because the
0: interesting thing with by contracts, um, it's kind of it's it's like not spoken about. And Gwyn was kind of the first guy that started speaking about what he's earning, what he thinks he's worth, and and people could say, oh, he's after the money. But also, the more you speak about it, the more everyone knows. The, fair, the, the, the more fair you can get paid because the likes of Nathan Rennie won that 2003 title on no money. He earned some money, but it was bullshit money for what he put, did compared to some riders he beat. But he didn't know. He didn't actually know any better. No one told him what to ask for. There weren't any rides going, so it is what it is. So with this coming out, you can start gauging maybe where you fit in as a rider, uh, as an industry person realizing okay cool these top riders are earning x you're a top 10 rider or you can get a podium like you're kind of worth why so i think mm. it's cool when we start speaking about this because other industries everyone knows what everyone earns and yeah and it's not yeah, especially it's not, when you
1: look at american sports in particular it's very much a badge of honor of like oh he's signed for x million you know that's how they use it and that's ultimately how they're valued at at that particular team too i think that obviously comes with a lot of pressure though that's the thing as well right yeah you know you're earning the big bucks and there's thousands of people watching you that's going to come with a certain amount of pressure but but yeah you're right i think that is the big one of the biggest topics in all this is that most people 99 percent of people who are fans of mountain biking have no idea what these guys earn it could be ludicrous money but it also the opposite side of that it could be like fuck like as if they do it for that but, but but
0: that is what came so, out isn't it that, that i yeah, mean yeah. how many people are on less than five thousand dollars so there are guys that are in mm. the top 40 top 30 i don't i don't really know so that's just the the nature of of the industry so i mean yeah at the end of the day there's certain marketing budget as you know part of companies run companies and certain marketing budgets are not set aside for a race team Then that race team needs to go out, find some more sponsors so they get a bigger budget. Then they've got to find riders. Then they've got to have enough money for travel, et cetera, et cetera. So there is only so much that goes around. But where I have Mm. a problem is back in the day when I rode, you you get offered a contract. You don't know you're willing to go to races for free because you did that as a kid, right? You just want to get a factory team. You just want to get to the World Cups and not have it cost you any money. So you're willing to take anything. But yeah. where I have a problem is once you've got some top 10s or you're the lead right on the team or you're on a factory team, is it fair that the guy risking his life and limb, i.e., look at what happened to Bulldog, hmm. but the guy that works for the company or the mechanic or the manager is earning more than the guy that's risking his life and limb. I don't know if that's quite fair. And, and I'm not... Well, that's a strange anyone. dynamic, isn't I'm it? Not calling, I'm not calling about. anyone out. I'm just saying, I think the system is a bit off there. You know, so uh, you're yeah, doing a full time job by planning this whole thing, being this, you deserve every cent as a mechanic, as a manager. But now, at what point does a rider get to earn at least that?
1: Yeah. Man, I, w- I don't even know how to start even trying to dissect that and how that even happens it seems so alien to me that that it had worked like that. I mean, I'm just trying to think of it and trying to put it in a different sort of way that I can try and figure out. I mean, it's almost like when you say staff too. let's just say, for example, you mean the staff are earning more money. That means mechanics. It doesn't mean team owners. Team owners is a different thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's you as an entrepreneur and and that's how you base the team Mm -hmm. and the risk you take that, that can vary, Mm -hmm. but you can also have a factory team that employs a manager uh, employee staff etc etc so mm. yeah I, I just want to I mean <laughs> we're just talking about it to understand and that it has happened and it can happen and I'm not singling anyone out yeah but 100% I'm just blown away
1: that it does happen like it, it's it's I can't even comprehend how it would get to that I mean how does the athlete who is the star of the show and the team is supporting that athlete how do they make more than the actual person that is the center of this whole thing?
0: I mean, it, it can happen, like I say. So Nathan Rennie, I mean, he got on a team late. He, he you know, teams, factories decide to go in a different direction. So he didn't have a team. So he had right. to see what's, you know, then you're sitting at home back then, emailing, texting, sending a smoke signal from Australia, trying to get a ride. Trying to get someone to believe in you, and, and then there's only so much budget left back on the table. If someone says, shit, well, we've got to pay for your flights, that's $20,000. dollars we got to pay your hotel, we got to pay your food. Mate, there's only like $10,000, $15,000 left. But come race yeah. for us. Do you, want, do you want to race for us? We'll give you a little bonus on the side. Bonuses are performance-based. Some riders get less salary, more bonus, the more established you are, the more you're going to drive to have a bigger salary because you're a set name. I.e. Greg Menard going to write for a way bigger salary than his bonus. He's going to have a big bonus, but he's mm. going to have a way bigger salary. So, you know, yeah. that's that's how it happens. But it kind of sucks because it's like, but I'm full-time. I've got to, I can't have a part-time job because I've got to be training. Mm. I've got to be away from home for six months. Um, so I wish there was another think- way, but sure, it, it's happening it still happens it still will happen
1: yeah yeah can i um can we just unpack that a little bit because there's a couple of things that i really wanted to talk to you about and i think this is almost like the perfect segue into doing it so talk to me a little bit about contracts and about you know what did your first contract as a professional athlete what did that look like and how (laughs) bad was it (laughs) and how what crap was it how bad was it? <laughs> no, it, at the
0: at the time it was great, but looking back now, um, it 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 was it was less than a McDonald's wage. It, 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 right. it, I mean, when you take it back to South Africa, and you're a 21 year old upstart thinks he knows everything, you're stoked, right? But mm. yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about it. So the contracts. I mean, it's an awesome feeling getting your first contract. When I'd done three years racing for peanuts, and I had a lot of support. Don't get me wrong. And I and I had to prove myself. I wasn't from an established nation where you know I got help, more help. I had to establish myself. And once I got there, I got this contract. So you get it in the mail, and it's a hell of a lot of legal jargon. Let me tell you that. Um,
1: and do you have someone look over it? Are you? you know are you switched on uh, enough yeah. at that point or are you just uh, I, my, stoked no i'm stoked so yeah so we'll unpack
0: that so i get it in an email i think i was still at the last race of season in fort william with you know one week to go home so burnt out no money in my pocket so i get this contract i just scroll straight down to the dollar salary amount and there is one so i'm <laughs> stoked so that's a start. <laughs> yeah so and they're paying for my expenses and 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 there's a bonus schedule and stuff like that okay but you know back then it's fifteen thousand dollars right and i'd had top tens in a world cup the year before so i don't know am i worth more am i worth less i don't know i'm a kid from south africa i'm phoning my dad my late father and i mean i he's not gonna let me go oh ask for more money he's gonna be like be grateful this is what you work yeah. for, right? But, yeah. I mean, that's not even money to go in six months around the world, freaking risk life and limb. You could get hurt at any stage, you know?
1: Mm. Mm. So, I just, mm.
0: I wish there was a way to, like, I don't know if there's a way to standardize. There probably isn't. But um, you asked who, who looks over the contract, right? So, you know, yeah. my late dad, uh, bless him, so... He was. He would look over it, but he, you know, he just wanted me to to have a ride, so he wasn't too fussed. But I'd made some some connections with past teams I've been on, and I'm not going to name names, but no. listen to this story. So a year or two into some of my contracts, I you have to renegotiate. So I outsourced looking over the contract to someone in the industry. Just so that I wasn't, you know, the wool wasn't pulled over my eyes. And, and, I, and I suggest everyone do that. Get a second opinion. Why not? And if you need a second opinion, phone me up. DM me. Slide into the DMs. I might not know everything, but maybe I've been through something. So, anyway, this is a rule that I will live by, hopefully, for important emails. So, I was talking to the person helping with the contract about the person at the company. And because that was in my head, I put that person in the two box instead of the person overlooking my contract. And I press send. (laughs) So just be a 22-year-old realizing you have just spoken about what you're not getting, what you think you deserve, or how do we do this? How do we deal with this? It wasn't, there was no bad talk, but this was confidential information (laughs) sent to the person that was meant to help me. I sent it to the freaking person doing the contract at the high up at the company.
1: Bro. (laughs) How did that go down?
0: (laughs) Um, it went down. I guess it. I was so scared. I phoned. Um, I phoned a Gary Perkin flipper that does um, amazing photography and was in the World Cup circuit. He was helping, I think, with my website at the time. And I was like, Gary, how do I get the email back? It's got to be. In, it's it's obviously in space, right? <laughs> Can you catch it? <laughs> and he's like, I was like, you do the server stuff, like, no, but there's we're not getting that back. And I sat and I waited. And I think the reply was still quite professional because I hadn't made them aware that I was using someone because I wasn't paying the other person. I was I didn't have an official agent. I just paid them a once-off fee, I think, to help. <laughs> and I think it just came back like, Hi, pretty much I think you should sign the version you have. We're not gonna carry on negotiating. <laughs> so luckily I still Got the negotiation,
1: yeah. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. so you probably didn't think you're gonna yeah. get that story tonight. No, that's insane. That's that's really funny. Yeah. That is funny. What and, and, and so okay, so you get this contract and you know, what what does it state in there? Like what is it, you know, I've never had a contract like that ever been given to me. Um so and, and no doubt a lot of people listening won't have either. So does it have, you know, media obligations in there? Does it have obviously a bonus structure? And then as you progress through your race season, do you know is it easy to remember? Like, okay, if I get this position, I get an extra, th- I get an extra whatever thousand dollars, or mm-hmm. how do you manage that? Because I know a lot of people will probably be like, oh, I forgot to ask for my money, I forgot to invoice it, I forgot to. How does it work?
0: Yeah, I mean the the contract, like I said, a lot of legal jargon. There's both sides. It's almost like a rental agreement, but you know, there's a company and there's There's obligations from both sides. I will say it's very, as with the landlord, it's often in the landlord's favor. It's often in the person giving you the monies. A little bit in their favor because, you know, there's clauses like if you're injured for a certain amount of time, your, your pay can get docked. And some of those clauses I don't think are are fair enough or weren't. So let's, we're talking past, yep. not current. Current, it's it's got a lot better. It's a lot different as an ambassador and stuff. So there's those sort of clauses Got your salary, you got your bonus schedule. Back then there was media bonus for magazines and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean it's on your own account to make notes of magazines you're in, go out and go and get those connections and and do all that. Um but then it's up to you, yeah. I mean, to look at the fine print when you're meant to invoice for your salary. You know, are you invoicing? Do they need your bank details? Uh, yeah, bonuses are great. Because you're obviously stoked to get a good result and then you can get a bonus as well. But you alluded to a point. So that's the contract, asking for money. And, oh, you know, we, so NFL players get a lot of money and all this pressure and expectations. Remember, the more money you demand, the better you better race. The more you better, so I mean, you want to win a race. You want to be Lloyd Bruni. You want to be Greg. You're going to eventually demand good money and you're worth it. But then that's where you need to be racing it for wins, podiums. Mm. The minute you start slipping then the pressure starts
1: building yeah what have you you know you must have had conversations like that in your race and career as well like where do those co- conversations come down from is it from like corporate and what how do those sort of conversations
0: and what, ha- like performance
1: have, how, for performance ones. yeah like how have they taken place like is it like you know let's sit down let's have a chat like what's what's going on with you you know yeah what, is,
0: is, um I think as a racer or I speak for myself, like I always put so much pressure on myself too much anyway. Like I I think any team that tries to do that or does that uh, consciously is, is, is really looking for trouble. I think most, if not all teams I've been part of, very supportive. Everyone just, the better the riders do, the better the team does, the better the sponsors, they're more happy. You know, it's this, it's big ecosystem, but Sometimes riding for certain teams, there is that that you, you can feel it. You can feel that the riders haven't got the results. So you can feel the mechanics are tense. You can feel the manager that feeling's there. And I remember right. on early, early on, like, you know, I, I was sitting sitting there and, and uh sitting with the mechanic and we get on very well and, and I think he let slip. You know, the guys in the office are talking and like, you know, we've got to step it up. And I was like, What? These guys haven't even been to a race this year. We, like we're dealing with a bike that's not working. Like then what do you mean? So that's tough, to, tough pull to swallow. When you are putting your heart and soul in. Solid, the mechanics are putting your heart and soul and sometimes the results are not going your way. And, it, and sometimes it's really, really tough because that does build. Because then if you're in a contract year, I mean, that's the year yeah. you need to perform. So yeah. if you have a yeah. two year deal and you do well in year one, Kind of sucks because if you don't have a good year two, sometimes it's, they forget about year one.
1: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned something as well just briefly uh, about like injury clauses. So, have you had any issues with that in your career?
0: Uh, no, because
1: I often, you know, when you see someone get hurt, you straight away like, oh shit! Like, what what are they going to do? I guess you still get paid, or just you're not going to get I, um, any bonuses. Or
0: so a lot of those things are um, put in there from the legal side of a corporation and uh, we've had these discussions and 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 you get reassured that they've never really been acted on and and i i all props to the teams these contracts i've never had an issue with one of them touch wood i didn't have a long injury but i haven't seen it happen too much i think they have to put it in just in case something goes on for really long or maybe the athlete isn't wanting to come back but he's healthy i don't know but teams have been right. really good, like I say. my. So there's no bitterness to this. There's just like giving some first-hand information and hoping that it can improve and maybe be a bit more standardized. Mm. But I've only had really good experiences. I've never had like, right. hey, you, this line item here, you didn't quite do that, so we're going to dock your pay like 10%. Like no one's ever acted on that. No one's acted on like an injury clause. With me, that is. I can't speak for other riders. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah 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 that's interesting and then i think this is another like perfect segue into talking about like salaries and stuff so within that contract you what you really need to have made sure you negotiate travel expenses because that appears to be the probably the most expensive aspects of what you do slash did for a living which is traveling the world eating in ra- various places different currencies hotels traveling around you know that must be super get expensive if you're if you're footing that bill as a privateer or something like that oh my goodness imagine how they're doing it
0: no me either i mean that's also so on that thing like the for people to understand cycling is a salary-based sport even though some of the salaries we spoke about can be looked at as low but i think in road cycling is a bit more standardized as like a domestique it's like a certain like base level to on an uci team and maybe that's a way to hey guys can we not work standardize the teams a bit and, and when you get a rider you know he kind of needs to get paid in this uh bracket if he's going to be that type of rider but anyway um yeah. before i lose my train of thought on that where were we i have lost my train of thought. brilliant
1: they're <laughs> talking about uh, travel expenses yeah
0: so with well, the reason i lost it is because as a race team, you're not you're not um, prize money based, you're salary based, and all your expenses on most of these teams are taken care of. So your flights, accommodation, food, food on the way to the race, stuff like that. So you're not very out of pocket during races and during the season. But what I thought was interesting is slopestyle guys. There was good majority of slopestyle riders getting paid quite a lot, and that's good, getting paid decent. But mm. not all of their contracts have travel allowances and budget I don't know, I haven't looked at any contracts not allowed to look at them but I know that that industry free ride and stuff, you don't always have a travel budget sometimes on race teams you have a travel budget $20,000 for the year, you book your flights go mad, you know back in the day corporate cards, I heard back in the days some teams had you know, cards riders had the card, we don't want to hear about it go buy your food, go to dinner, whatever Mm. note to anyone don't swipe those at the strip club i never did that i never had a corporate card but if you're in a and if you're in a moment of desperation and you don't know where your card is do not swipe a corporate card you'll get fired
1: because yeah yeah
0: if the wrong yeah. person sees that statement but the slope stylists it must be tough because a lot of them have to pay for their flights accommodation food uh extra baggage Charge and stuff like that. So they're yeah. They're, Why do you think
1: that is? Do you think it's just there isn't a physical team travelling around? Yeah, it's just the you setup know, of it. Yeah, it's it is.
0: interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they've got to be.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah there's, it's just not the system that's been used, really. You know mm. that they get. Yeah, it's like there's not a lot of companies. It's okay. Our free ride team, and here's the manager, and this is how it's run. It's like okay, cool. We need a free rider. Here's your frame deal, and here's your money. Mm. and uh, if you're not smart about it you don't have a travel budget then okay here's your money for your tire sponsor um so you've got Mm. to kind of negotiate in how you want to do it if you want to deal with your own travel or you want a travel budget
1: look some of them do but i'm not sure how it all works Mm. like you say i think with the race team stuff it's a lot of individual sponsors make up a race team but with that you've got an individual person with individual sponsors who you like to say maybe they're not footing the bill for certain expenses and stuff like that so that is interesting you know how that works and how that dynamic plays out um but yeah moving moving on because it's again really nice i want to talk about this stuff salaries um arguably the most interesting thing i think in that pink bike uh, state of our sport thing was you know knowing well i was going to say what people earn or more accurately, what people don't earn. Um, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. so I, I I made a little note here because I read through it earlier, um, and just to put it into some sort of context for myself to understand. So check this. So, uh, so basically, fifty one point six five percent of riders surveyed earn less than twenty thousand dollars, which is roughly fourteen point two thousand pounds. I'm gonna say pounds just because we got a lot of UK listeners. Yeah. Um. Uh, which is roughly equated to about £6.73 per hour, which is just over, just, just, just slightly over the minimum wage for 18 to 20 year olds. And it's £2.18 p less the minimum wage for adults over 23. So that, when you read that, you go, so there's 50% of riders in this sport earning less than minimum wage and... That to me is, maybe I'm off on this. That's kind of mind-blowing to think of where the sports are. And I know there's been a lot of changes recently. You know, if we could really look at the last two years where cycling or mountain biking, let's say, has had this huge boom. that isn't, doesn't seem to be filtering down to the people who are actually out there testing, riding, promoting brands that are selling all these bikes. Maybe I'm off on that, you know. Again, don't want to throw anyone or anything under the bus. That's not what I'm no, about. No, no, about. you know me either. That's not what I'm about either.
0: Definitely no. not.
1: Um, so, I, I, again, I just did a little bit more searching around. So, so according to um, this sort of market research website that I was looking at, um, the global mountain bike market is valued at about seven point three eight billion dollars.
0: Okay.
1: Um. And that was in 2018, and it's projected to reach around 10 billion by 2026. Um, obviously, we've had a huge boom in the last sort of two years because of COVID. You know, your bike brands are sold out everywhere. I appreciate that. You know, there's parts are hard to get hold of. You know, bike brands are sort of struggling to find bikes to sell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But given the fact that that is our global market value. To hear that you've got people out there riding for less than minimum wage, there's something. Again, I'm not the right person to do this, but like, there's something somewhere isn't adding up. Would you say I'm off on that, or you know, is that is that a correct? No, thing I to mean, say? I
0: I'm not the full expert on it on it either. I, I can come from like a you know pretty minute side of the sport, being down on mountain biking. Um, you've got enduro, you've got cross country. Right, But then now you've got social media. Now you've got YouTube. You've got so many avenues where maybe bike brands are putting marketing dollars into. But what I'm Mm. also seeing and hearing is that some brands that are in moto and mountain biking, if we look at that turnover, mountain biking is doing very well even compared to moto. From what I've been told, I haven't seen the stats. Don't quote me on it. I am hearing that. But if you compare some moto dudes' kit gears, uh, moto riders' kit deals to a mountain bike yep. kit deal, that is yep. so, so skewed. You know, that's totally not even in a ballpark. So that's pretty interesting, yeah. you know? So that's that's pretty it interesting mine, there. I mean. and, and yeah, look, you know, the, the survey, as they said, pinch of salt, they try to get athletes ranked in the top 40s you're not going to get everyone but i mean if you put everyone in the top 100 those stats are going to be even worse yeah you'll get a bit more people earning good money i wonder what those stats would be so Mm. um yeah i mean i just think we want people to be paid more fairly everyone wants everyone to do better you know fairly would be good Um, but so so, say you say that big number the billions of dollars in mountain biking you know, what's that compared to tennis or something like that? Or or a sport mm. that we can relate, relate to and then compare the
1: salaries? Yeah. Well, that's a good, good you know, and I think we are probably best just to sort of have a bit of a look around and stuff with this. But like you said, so I did a little bit of a look at basically what some of the top road cyclists are earning. And that's quite interesting, man, because that stuff seems to be a little bit more public, um yeah well that's again, where again, i heard
0: there's like a forty euros euro don't quote me on this like base for like a domestique
1: there is yeah yeah they so, have a minimum so you, wage that you have to earn if you're on a team on like which a is, pro team um, yeah i did have it up actually i think it was i think it's thirty thousand dollars. I, I, I believe um i did have it somewhere that's interesting i didn't know that
0: it. i think Wynne was speaking to someone about it or i don't even know where i heard it so it was interesting to hear yeah. that I didn't know that at the time that they've tried to set a little bit of a base salary. Um, yeah. Like what a road bike sales, but obviously they've got more TV and budget comes from that. And the events like the Tour de France is pretty global. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting to try mm. like dissect it and look at why it's happening. And then if there's a way to, you know, maybe improve it. But I, yeah. I do think, you know, from speaking about ready again, those like, early 2000s the sport was in a bit of a slump wage as well so he basically did the best out of anyone at a time when you didn't get paid that much he was winning races at a time you didn't get paid that much so that kind of sucked as well you know and before him there was palmer earning you know eight hundred thousand dollar salary or more or whatever and like specialized was spending crazy money on their race team but there was only a downhill race team there was no enduro. Okay. There was no ambassadors. There was no social media. So,
1: Yeah, I was going to bring Palmer up as well because I've, I've heard a few things over the years of people saying, you know, Palmer came into the sport and just raised the bar for everybody. He was and again, maybe I'm off on this, wasn't he a little bit more public about money and talking about what he was earning and really trying to drive rider wages and and prize money up. Yeah. I mean, from bringing in big, big corporate sponsors too, truck companies and stuff like that. Yeah. I
0: mean, that was the heydays. It was Mountain Dew, Chevy trucks. Like these teams had corporate outside sponsors and you know, he was this figure and, and I'm sure he helped PD and stuff realize. And I don't know, you know, Lopes was pretty savvy back then, but, They realize, like, but remember, it's supply and demand. So everyone wanted Palmer, drives up his salary. Now, if you're a rider and a few new teams come into the the paddock or a new bike brand wants to launch a downhill bike and says, okay, we want a podium rider. And then another bike brand says, okay, we're coming in. We need a podium rider. But now everyone's signed. If you get lucky and you're the only guy that can kind of get a podium potentially – and you're the only one available. Guess what's gonna happen? You know, there's a bargaining yeah. wall, and yeah. you've got the you've yeah. got the power. But ten riders up for negotiation, three teams looking. It's not looking good as well. So supply mm. and demand there as well.
1: Yeah, it's in, yeah, it is super interesting. This whole thing is it's a really it's a sort of fun topic because again, like the flip side of what we just said about like the terrible side of it, you know, you said there was one person that came forward. Didn't want to have his name mentioned, obviously. Uh, earning over five hundred thousand dollars, and then you've got—I think it'd work out at a quarter of the people. Yeah, surveyed would earn like over fifty thousand dollars, which is good. It's good, but it's not. Can we both agree it's not great? Like considering the the value of the sport, like the money that's being exchanged around the top side of the sport. Or bike brands, especially when you, you mentioned numbers like seven point whatever it was billion dollars, uh, it still seems a little off, you know. Uh, I think you drew a really interesting comparison with with the supercross slash motocross side of things. Uh, I had a little look at that today. So, so if Ken Rockson wins a four fifty main event, that's twelve thousand um, dollars cash prize, and then it goes down almost halves every time. So it goes like six three one yeah 1500 whatever and it just sort of goes down all the way down to last place um so that's that's a really interesting one again but you know even just a quick google will show you that rocks salary is about half a million dollars and then he's got all of the endorsements and stuff like that you know so he's going to be in the multiple millions their, per year their
0: championship bonus check is a million dollars like you win a full yes yeah and then if not you, more, you know again you've got, like <laughs> there's today. an event
1: where you can win a million dollars dude like you can go to the monster <laughs> yeah. cup and win a million dollars i mean it's i think the like you said i this, think the biggest something... prize
0: money in mountain biking was like this i don't know about mountain bike but i remember there was fifteen thousand euros or something in a race in germany really and then after t- so
1: is there bonuses for from you know if 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 roxon wins that race for example he's going to get a bonus through fell oh no
0: roxon's going to get a bonus from fox he's going to get a bonus yeah. from honda he's going to get a bonus from what, red bull like however he structured his contract
1: mm. so no, yeah. what i mean so with mountain biking what i meant is that twelve thousand dollars for winning the race comes from the organization of the race is this the same in mountain biking so does the uci is there a an amount of money that you win if you win that race. What, at a UCI Let's down see.
0: on my bike? Yeah, yeah it's like $3,000, three and a half. I don't know. Don't quote me. I don't know. Okay. I only got third at one. All I right. didn't get it first. <laughs> 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 but, so here's the stupid thing. Try. So you want to be a privateer. Mate, the guy that wins the race, Aaron Gwynn, Greg Minard, he barely covers his expenses to get to the race. So it's just, it's not set up that way
1: yeah yeah god it's such an interesting topic isn't it and it well, should I've be had a little bit more prize money like
0: imagine you're a privateer and you get 10 and you get 300 euros <laughs> yeah or 200 i don't know what it is
1: it makes it tough dude but here <laughs> it it back
0: back to the crux of it you would yeah. ride down that hill for free because that's what you started doing you love doing it I still love doing it. I was never bitter about any of my salaries. The minute you sign that contract, you better mm. not be bitter. You signed the contract. So I'm not even bitter mm. about the past. We're just talking about it. I'm so grateful for the sport. I'm so grateful that you can get paid to race a bike.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, it is, right. it's an you interesting,
0: know- interesting topic that hasn't been spoken about that much. And now there's a survey coming out. Or Gwyn's talking about it a bit more. And, you know, Mm. Palmer did that back in the day. And now it's
1: like, hang on. And these athletes too that, you know, I I see that they're starting to get actual management, actual agencies, you know, I guess with Slopestyle even, you know, you've got, uh, and sort of Freeride, I guess you've got Resolution looking after certain athletes like Danny Mark and uh, Emil Johansson and all these people. Then Aaron famously had um, the sports agent, didn't he, who came in and really tried to ramp up his salary and his value. So do you think there's going to be more of that start happening? Is there going to be more agents coming into it from sort of outside mountain biking?
0: Maybe maybe not outside. I mean, I, it's a weird thing uh, with this industry. I think maybe inside the industry, uh, it depends on the athlete. I think it is a sport. Some teams don't like dealing with agents uh, and that's no. no disrespect to the agent sometimes. Hmm. But why is that? Because what the agents trying to drive what they worth. I, I don't I don't really know. I don't know. Mm. If I was an agent, I'd love to do it, I'd love to help because I want fairness. It's so, like hey okay, come on. These are his results. This is what the guys get paid before him. Come on, let's make this happen. Or like, okay, cool, yeah. let's give him a bit more bonus, you want him to earn it, let's try it that way. Um and and we go from there, yeah. So no, I don't mm. I don't really see it outside the industry there's there is money in the industry but maybe like not as much as the the outside you know but a lot of riders think- would do good to have an agent or someone to help them a little bit you know so that they're I not think- naive and they don't just take the first offer
1: yeah i think you've alluded to that a few times talking about you know just that stoke of wow i get to get paid to ride my bike amazing you know you get to live this life and you see Certain athletes that are obviously having an amazing time doing this you know I think instantly people like Ed Masters does spring to mind. you follow Ed Masters on Instagram it's a ball whatever he's doing is <laughs> yeah. pretty damn fun yeah. now I know Ed's one you know probably getting paid pretty well I don't know, but I'm gonna say that he's arguably one of the top guys in the sport, but there's a lot of people like you said that it's like oh wow, I get to just ride my bike for a living cool all right I'll just take whatever you know and I just get to live that lifestyle but there's like you said it's it's that fairness thing it's like our brand's gonna maybe prey on that a little bit of like we'll just give this kid like an opportunity to just ride his bike and you know we'll be able to get away but with paying him less than five thousand dollars for the privilege of him being able to do that but then to play devil's advocate to that there is then that element of okay but it's going to cost us fifteen hundred quid for a flight and we've got to do ten of those and then we're going to you know we're going to pay for every hotel and all the food Mm. and it does i can see how it does ramp up but ultimately i think athletes have got to think that there is life after this and you know that's something we spoke about on one of our first shows that we did there's life after this you know if you if you're not set up and all you've done is ride a bike for x amount of years and blown all your money partying and just living this lifestyle yeah it's great don't get me wrong you know i'm not much of a planner for the future anyway but Ultimately, there's got to be something after it. You know, you've got to have, you know, you, you can famously look at, again, we're gonna, I'm going to use American sports as a bit of an example, but like the NFL and the NHL, they play, they pay a pension to everyone mm. who's participated.
0: That's a key so, thing. I, but want I guess to bring with mountain bike,
1: and you just like, see you later. You're done. You know, you're not riding anymore. No problem. Thank you.
0: Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's where do you stand with that? I, I stand with that. It's a, it's a brilliant point, man. I wish there was a bit more standardised. And like, would it be that hard to do, to standardize some of it? And if you want to be a UCI trade team, each rider's got to give whatever percent of the salary or you've got to match it and put it into an investment fund. Mm. And you can see how much you've contributed to it and what mm. it's worth over time. I mean, big sports like PGA Golf do that. Are they, I think they withhold some of the prize money, which is how they earn their wage, withhold some yep. of the prize money, it goes into a pension fund, and I don't know how they distribute it. That's for the investment guys to figure out. But safe investment, everyone contributes. If you contribute more to it, you get more later. That would be awesome. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine you did 10 years and you earned a salary for 10 years and you're forced to invest some and it's grew and it grew and grew and then 20, 30 years' time, you got 500 euros a month back. That, that's your portion. You just get it. Or mm. whenever you, whatever age, if you want it from 40, 50. I don't know how it would work. That would be cool. Thought Just a thought exercise because not all yeah. the riders are educated to put some away. But on top of that, if, mm. if you're a rider that's racing for 10, 15 years in a sport like this, how cool will it be to be a little bit more set up, have earned enough money and be set up after this? Like you say, so you've learned to ride a bike, can race downhill very well. And then at 30, 25, 35, whatever it is, you step away. Now what? you didn't go Mm. some of these riders so here's a problem some of the riders if you want to get a pro contract you basically got to race juniors so how much school are you doing right then the minute you hit 18 so there's no university especially for guys that are coming Mm. from other countries yes there's correspondence and stuff that's i don't know if everyone can study and race at a high level either you know
1: yeah, there's, going to, there's always going to be a few exceptions. You know, straight away, Finale springs to mind. I know he was doing some university stuff. But again, there's going to be some anomalies in that. Like, there's going to be a few kids that are, like, just different than everyone else. Yeah, right? But I mean... I know if, if my personality was like, you know, oh, you can go ride a bike for a living, or you can go to university, I'm going to ride a bike. But also, if they said you can do both, I'd be like, nah, you're good. I'll just ride the bike, thank you. And I'll just get a little bit better at that.
0: Yeah, but I mean... There'd be no... I could have done that if there was okay maybe back when I did there was not real correspondence right so say there was now is that the best way for me to perform at a high level if my goal is to win races is to get Mm. podiums and stuff I don't want to walk the track and then have to go hit the books and then wake up think oh but I've got that test oh shit no hang on I've got to figure out Leo gang it's wet like okay so that's a pretty tough challenge to have if you're on the off season you can gain some tertiary education if you have that personality style. But it would be really cool yeah. if more riders were set up because life after racing is tough. It's mentally tough enough. But if you have some savings and some investments and you're not as pressured, I think it's a whole lot easier. It's not all about that. But I would say that it's a whole mm-hmm. lot easier. Like Greg Minard. I don't think he I hope he doesn't have to work again in his life. I hope not. I really hope not. Yeah. And that's up to getting paid enough, racing like he did, being smart, and he, you know he'll do ambassador stuff and stuff like that. He deserves that. Other sports yeah. get it, and you giving the world entertainment.
1: Mm. it's an interesting one, and I, and I know these sports that we talked about just before are different. You know, there's a lot of money involved and stuff. I'm just trying to figure this out in my own head. I'm sorry if I'm all over the place, but it's like, let's say Greg Minard retired you know, this week it'd be interesting to know like, what does that look like for him? Is the like, you know, the UCI and, and whatever governing body are like, you've done amazing for us. Like think of the eyes you've brought to this, to the sport. Are you joking right Here's now? your pension. Oh, you? There's literally nothing. no, I'm not oh. saying that it's not going to happen. That's what I mean. Like, what does that look like? It's just walk away. Whereas if that happened in, um, almost any other sport, I think NFL, NHL, anything that I'm interested in golf, you're a legend of the sport. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a legend, but I'm going to guess that there's going to be some pretty tasty endorsements involved still. There's going to be a bit of a pension. There's all these benefits of putting that time and effort into building your career. And I just feel like mountain biking does feel a bit like, yeah, see you later. Go start something else. Start your own company just to make just to make, make ends meet. Yeah, That's what it feels like. And again, I might be off on no, that. I Nathan mean, Rennie surely yeah. feels like a good example, right?
0: Definitely. I mean, he also walked away um yeah but a world
1: champion yeah
0: he was a world cup champion he was a junior world champion he did a lot for the sport and and he was burnt out and um i think he'll be be honest that maybe he didn't make all the right decisions near the end but he doesn't have any regrets but mm. yeah i mean luckily he was earning some money and put some away but i guess i hope the listeners don't think we're complaining we're just having a conversation Oh man, i'm just and chatting. yeah yeah, yeah just and, chatting. and, and i yeah, we need to come up with some solutions, but some sort of standardized pay. <laughs> the reality of that's tough. Pension fund would be pretty cool. Like if you were forced to put into it, maybe you get a little bit back. Mm. I mean, if everyone put into a fund and you, and you had this guy growing this fund over years, it'd be pretty cool. It must be a system to work that out and get a little bit of pocket money. Uh, yeah. You know, in in your old yeah. age, would be pretty cool. Um, yeah
1: think one thing i also wanted to wanted to make sure i definitely spoke to you about was we've sort of again we've sort of touched on it but athletes becoming more than just racers you know they're moving into doing youtube content and social media and that this is very new for our sport it's very new for anything right so i think there's also now that added factor of brands not knowing how to value athletes like that is so interesting because these athletes now—they're not just—it's not just about winning races, or, you know—it's about brand awareness campaigns. It's about social media, the vlogs, the and and obviously that is starting to hopefully help these athletes make up the salaries a little bit. If you can have a good vlog, again, you know, initially people at string to mind would be someone like Brendan, whose vlog content is getting hundreds of thousands of views. Like that's going to be paying him pretty good. You know, you can launch a merch line off the back of that, then. You've got your social media, which is, you know, upwards of whatever that is, let's say 300,000 followers or something. That all has a very, very big value now to a brand. And I I wonder if if that's starting to must be starting to come into play when it comes into contract contract negotiations, because, you know, I heard a story a little while ago. It's like if you book Kevin Hart to do a movie, it's going to cost you, let's say, 10 million dollars. If you want Kevin Hart to promote that movie on his social media channels, that's going to cost you another ten is it, million is dollars. Is that? So, that's interesting. Or, yeah. So it's like, how do athletes now get? Okay, yeah, I'll re- I'll ride for you, you know, or you know, I'll ride for this bike brand. But if you want me to really promote this thing through the various channels, this is what it's going to look like. And I, I wonder how that's starting to, you know, to play out. Super interesting. Have you got any insights on that? Um,
0: or- no, I mean that is interesting, and I and I think back in the day. Um, if you were a racer and your racing results weren't going as well, what else did you have? And I always worked on uh, networking, photo shoots, video parts, stuff like that. So when I had a crap year, I maxed my bonuses, and I actually ended up getting raises here and there off the back of, of the value you provide. And, and I think we mm. must define the value. You know, For some brands, there is value in eyeballs, but in other brands, what are you paid to do? You pay to race down a hill and get results. That's what you need to see. And it's a, it's a slippery slope when you're wanting both because one of them is going to slip. But um, I, I think mm-hmm. what you alluded to is all these channels help build brand awareness, build the image. So if they're, if they're mm-hmm. able to prove that they're helping the image, I think that's of value. But eyeballs to me they're they're important everyone wants them the reach and the eyeballs and stuff but like who the, who is watching it you can you really define that can you define that into roi i'm not sure i wouldn't want to be a marketing manager right now how difficult is that but yeah but i mean the the cream rises to the crop you know the guys that you can see are really adding value putting the effort in doing that extra extra vlog or doing mm. wh- whatever you feel like doing you know but that is, it is an interesting thing because depending on who you are, I think sometimes you're doing it to keep the sponsors happy and the sponsors do want to see you doing that. So it's an it's yeah, an interesting yeah. side hustle of the industry now.
1: Yeah, and I think for some athletes, it's become more than a side hustle. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, isn't because it? Because they own their They've brand. They've transcended they from their. the racing yeah. to, to, to like being the brand behind whatever, whether it's Death Grip or insert other you know whatever person or whatever doing doing something you know and in fact me and matt were talking about it yesterday a little bit you know we were having a, a sort of conversation about his show and how how that's growing and i was like dude like look what you're doing like for as for a brand to get involved with you you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to health and wellness you're not just like speaking to mountain bike people anymore you or action sports people you're speaking to people who are interested in meditation and all this sort of stuff like you are Your value is—it's very different, and it's—it's kind of hard to figure out. Okay, what's that worth now? Mm. You know, we're tapping into all these new people. You know, so again, just sort of riffing on that, and just sort of wondered if you had any insights. And and yeah, you know, I mean,
0: it's—it's similar for you.
1: You know, you've got the podcast now, so that is another element of what you bring to a bike brand. It's super interesting because it's a very unique thing.
0: Yeah, it is unique, definitely. And and I think back to your point. You know, if you're worth X before you had a channel or some of your own ways to get your brand out there, i.e. a podcast or whatever, then to me, that's an extra bit.
1: To me, that's an extra bit.
0: If you are still performing in your chosen field as well as you were before and you renew a contract, hey, but we need to see our brand more in the vlog. Hey, we need to see the brand on the podcast. I don't know. To me, is that not an extra? Because you own that. And it's, you do, you yeah. transcend the sport because you're now your own brand, your own media channel. Joe Rogan is his own media channel.
1: You have nobody to answer to with this. Yeah, which could, is the in awesome You do what you yeah, want.
0: Because you're answering to everyone, yeah. yourself for results, your team for results, your team for sponsored obligations. Now you go, hang on. It's quite cool. It's my own thing. Mm. But yeah. they do cross over yes. because if I swear too much on this, I am associated with the brand right hey mm. needles you better tone it down oh yeah sorry i got excited or hey did you really say this controversial thing and i hope nothing here to me we're just spitstorming. to me i don't even know if it yeah. sounds controversial because i just want the sport to be better and that's the podcast that's me as a brand ambassador i just want to grow the sport get more people on bikes
1: mm. you know this is a nice little segue but maybe i don't know where we can really go with this but one thing that really stood out with the, with the survey was that one of the questions was, you know, was I think it started with has, but well, let's just, you know, put it in context Was has social media had a negative impact on your mental health. And the most popular answer was agree. I also agree. At nearly 40%. So, you know, how do we figure that out? So we're saying, you know, athletes are bringing all this attention to brands but it's having a negative effect on their mental health <laughs> yeah so how do you uh, okay. you know uh, I... how confusing is that <laughs> but then again you know you've got certain athletes that really really are good at social media you know ed masters jumps out and you know i'm just going to name people that i enjoy following someone like chaos um, Cade, someone like, you know, uh, Edmasters, Masters, they seem to have like a lot of fun with it. But then there's certain people who are maybe a little bit more serious with the social media. Someone like Gwyn probably springs to mind. You know, I don't think I even follow him, but I'm going to su- suggest that he's not the most open book. You know, it's not about, oh, look at this cool thing I've done. It's very much like this is what's going on, like the racing side of things and the competition side of things. And that social media element probably takes away from what they actually want to be doing which is racing mm. and trying to beat the clock. So that it's super interesting that you know we're talking about how how much value does social media and media and different forms of media bring to an athlete's value but it's damaging their mental health <laughs> a- according to that survey. Well,
0: maybe we need a, a pension for mental health. Uh... Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah for it's crazy racing. that's it's super interesting though isn't it it's, it is know.
0: interesting yeah i mean you yeah some people enjoy it some people get a kick out of it um i think it can be distracting for a racer i think that sponsors put pressure on them at wrong times is tough but you know it's an ecosystem yeah. so you scratch their back they scratch yours that that can help everyone but yeah on the mental health side that's super mm. interesting i i do think it is a super slippery slope and I think these look, you're obviously probably listening to us through a cell phone, but at least hopefully it's in your pocket. Maybe you're on a bike ride. Maybe you're walking in nature. Yeah. Um yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's this so it's all competitive and to me it's quite tough. Like if you're happy to boast or share your stuff, that's cool. And I think that's what does well on social media. You know, the better you are at at a given activity, the better you're going to be on social media. Look at Cade K- and Chaos. I don't mm. always like sharing stuff because me. It's like, oh, look at me, look at me. But then when I'm on social media following, say, some motocrosses and Roxen does a nasty whip and he puts it on his own page, I yeah. like it. I'm like, that is insane. I aspire to do that. So I forget that. So there's yeah. that side. Yeah. But also... It's yeah, I don't know. The, the vanity side is, is an interesting side for me, but maybe I'm just looking at it incorrectly and that's just how it is. I mean, I don't think people mm. are being vain. They they went to Darkfest, they spun the step up, someone gave them a clip, they put it on social media. They're just broadcasting on their channel um,
1: and yeah. they would have... And it's aspirational, they, it's they, motivational. And, you
0: for know, it. 99% of them would have done that trick without the cameras there so that's authentic Mm. you know
1: Mm.
0: so it's a tough one Mm. but you saw that survey too like someone said they're doing it because of their sponsors so that's not authentic so it's tough to be authentic all the time and be on social media all the time it's not good for your mental health so if you're able to post and get off it but then you're not engaging and people want you to engage Mm. so I don't know where you stand on it you're also standing on the side like you say, following these accounts, looking at the survey, what do you make of it?
1: The one thing that I've really been thinking about just while you were talking then um, was ages ago I had this idea to set up a, or tried to set up a fund for for athletes to basically use if they were struggling with mental health problems or okay. depression, really? anxiety and stuff like that. So yeah, I had this idea sort of. I think it it basically came from obviously through the podcast and chatting to various athletes and becoming a little bit more friendly with with certain people name no names obviously but you do, you know you find out a lot of, a lot about these people and that it's not all rosy at the top like it really isn't and that you know some of them are struggling you know they're having uh mental health issues they're they, they stressed they're depressed whatever you know insert other and this this conversation really made me think if you look at so if 50 percent Okay, so sorry, let let me just unpack this a little bit. The reason I wanted to do this was I think that most people look at mountain biking and think, these guys are making a fortune, you know, they've got this energy drink on the helmet, it's all good, it's all sweet, you know, they ride the bike for a living. But as you get to know certain people, you find out that that's, you know, on social media, they're only showing you the highlights, they're actually really not that happy maybe they're not that financially sound. So what what I've really just been thinking about was if 50% of people surveyed, obviously, let's just insert that there, are earning less than $5,000, just shy of 40% are struggling with the mental health because of social media, that to me verifies what I originally was thinking, that there needs to be some help for these people that they can go to anonymously and say, look, can I get 200 pound for a therapy session because if you take 200 pounds out of that wage for example you know going to therapy is bloody expensive Mm -hmm. just to talk to somebody to speak to a counselor is going to be a hundred quid a session let's say if you want to do that 10 times you've spent a thousand dollars pounds a fifth of your salary is gone just trying to sort your head out to go and do the thing that you want to do for a living so it's sort of verified all this sort of stuff a little bit for me that like, okay. actually these people do need a little bit of help and I appreciate it's not for everybody, but, and I'm probably, hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn a little bit here, but again, as I've got to know certain people, I'm like, fuck, like it's not all Rose up there and it'd be nice to be able to offer people, you know, maybe get some, some counselors on board and stuff like that, that these athletes can speak to if they're having trouble with, even if it's performance anxiety or stress, depression, again, or just um, you know, just need someone to talk to because it's a high it's a high stress job, dude. Especially if we're looking at it as, as downhill and slopestyle and enduro. You know, if you're having going through shit in your life and you've got to go and perform for a bike brand that's paying you not a lot, that's stressful. You know, maybe they need some help a little bit um, with the performance side of it and the mental health side of it. So yeah, it sort of verified that a little bit. Those two little facts were like ah that. Makes, there's a bit of a correlation there for me. And,
0: and maybe there's some synergy with the thoughts and the challenges I've spoken to you about. And that's even mm. if you do have a good career and you put money away, you still have to transition away from this awesome lifestyle and this freaking everyone putting you up on a pedestal. And, dude, it's exciting out there. It's fucking awesome. Look at that you're race. Down. Do you know what you feel like when you get down that course and you've had a decent run and you're around about what you expected yeah. to perform or better? Or what Troy feels there. Yeah. Okay, right? Now, fast forward 10 years, he's going to pack that in. And then what? He's going to be mowing mm. his lawn with his trophies and shit? He's going to be missing it. I miss that. Oh, do you miss it? Hell yeah, I miss it. All the good things. But I'm aware enough that I, <laughs> that I hate the bad things. Dealing with the mud, the pressure, like all these things we've been speaking about. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. easy now. Don't go try and get back in the World Cup circuit because you want that feeling. So that gets me to like, is there maybe a mix of this and helping athletes transition away in retirement? Or they yeah. get injured and yeah. they can't do the sport? Like that PTSD of, of war veterans and stuff. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a traumatic experience, I think is not just the big, war or the car accident or losing someone if you have little bits of trauma and a little bit of emotional scarring and that builds and builds and builds then maybe what you've spotted and what i think needs some help can mesh together and a fund and and starting something is awesome i mean like win has Mm. the privateer fund that's awesome like i donated hey guys go to win's page when i don't know it's it's in his instagram bio. win tv maybe um
1: yeah, well, wait, let's put this, we'll put yeah, the link in the show go description because like, that's, that's really, so really cool. good what we're doing
0: but on yeah. this point am i then kind of going the same way like shucks maybe we should test it and see if people need it anonymously or however it works because i can speak about this martin sort came on the podcast with me and he was open about the panic attack he had that also came from the struggles of stepping away from slopestyle, stepping away from the limelight. All sorts of things yeah. went into his body reacting that way, and he spoke openly about it. It was, a, it was one of the most well-received episodes because why? It was so raw. It was because, like you said, we just think it's rosy. It's more than sort of He's this tall, blonde, good-looking Swedish dude with Red Bull helmet on his head, winning slopestyle events, going through injuries, coming back. Hey, he must be fine. He must be having the best life. No,
1: it's not the truth. It's funny, man, because uh, it's not funny, but like Martin's one of the guys basically that I had that conversation with. You know, he came on my show too a few years ago now, and we had this really sort of deep conversation. And like, fuck, like, yeah, he's a deep thinker too, huh? He's a deep thinker. He goes through some, and we've kept in touch a little bit, and you know. He, he's, he's been through and he's going through some shit and it's people like that, that, you know, I don't know how he's set up financially, but it doesn't have to be a Martin Seredestrum. It can just be a other person who's racing world cups and just scraping through as a privateer who can potentially have access to some help. Um, because it doesn't sound like it's going to come easily to them, you know, to get that sort of stuff. So I think yeah, this is a brilliant initiative
0: navigate. and and uh, be silly of us not to see where or how it could go offline you know and maybe we yeah. can use the podcast yeah, channels to promote it as well
1: more well, yes yeah, for sure because dude definitely at, at, it's been an, been something of mine that i've talked okay. about a lot that never actually pulled the pin on it so hey, and, just a sort of and, athlete and from. here's
0: something i'll be vulnerable so i lost my father um i've been so i've been to sports psychologists before i wanted to improve my racing get a head coach try a head coach i I think it worked. I think I think within reason, if you manage it well, it can be a positive benefit. And I've been to some counseling or whatever you want to call it post losing my dad. And it was raw. It was hard getting those emotions out. But I've kind of kept it up because, yeah, so I'm going to pull host duty here for Dave. I think we had a little technical <laughs> difficulty, but he spent 30 minutes trying to edit this. So you, we're back. You probably probably <laughs> lost me talking about going for counselling. So good luck with the edit Dave. And we're back. Um, yeah, so I am. Um, I just continued to go. You know, like I buried a lot of emotional stuff with with losing my dad, and I spoke about it on some podcasts. And uh, people shy away from speaking about it. People shy away asking me how I'm going. They don't want to like bring up raw emotions. Like I love speaking about. I love speaking about my late father. He's mm. Most of the reason I'm, I got to where I was with his support and my mom, whole family, and lots of others. But, you know, like he was my biggest fan. Um, but I had, I had some emotional scarring from that. And I just buried it like the athlete I am and carried on doing ambassadorship commentary and just busy in bike shop at home. And just, you know, I was, mm. I was angry at shit. I was angry at the world, you know, like someone got taken away from me. So the reason I'm bringing it up is um, people look at me and say, "Hey, you've transitioned well. You're doing so well. How did you deal with your dad so well?" It's like, "Well, I buried a lot of it, and I didn't talk about it enough, or I didn't deal with it." And mm. and I think counseling's brilliant. Yeah, it's like life coaching. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: is. Yeah, definitely. You, but, you get
0: but, to talk to someone that you're not gonna tell that stuff to. I don't care how much you love your mom your brother, your girlfriend, there's certain things that you are able to speak to someone. It's weird about the stranger with the skill set to maybe unpack it with you. Mm. Look, not everyone needs to go. Not everyone should go. I'm just saying if you're thinking about it, think about it some more. Some people speak about it to a friend and are able to open up, and that's their counseling or meditation of it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a brilliant point, and, and I think – we could do some good in the sport and maybe that is something we can solve because these other things, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of bureaucracy and red tape to solve. Yeah, definitely can't sell can't,
1: can't, can't, can't out a lot of it, but thank you man for being so open and honest about that. It's, it's lovely to hear from from you how you've done that and how you continue to maintain it. Cause I think um, it is important, but ultimately it is going to cost a decent amount of money for someone to do that. You know, especially if they're young and they're trying to make it in a sport it's not going to be an easy thing that they can just go and do and take time out to do so i think putting together some sort of package that you know athletes can can access whether it's you know also doing sort of webinar stuff and get people to come and talk to people about certain different things um could be super Mm. interesting it could be a good resource so yeah i think yeah let's pick that up after and see what we can do i'd be excited to definitely work with you on it for sure man that'd be be amazing see if we can't get something going because there's one thing i need another project
0: <laughs> i was gonna say just yeah, I was when thinking... i was like i think i've taken on too much <laughs>
1: exactly what I've i got, want
0: <laughs> i've got um, an awesome charity that started at home and he asked me to be an ambassador and yeah. i said well you've basically launched what i want to do but I'm a little bit stuck doing some other things but if you're able to run it i'll i'll push it as much as i can it's an awesome oh speaking of that mm. so it's called pedal project uh, if you'll allow we can link to it in the show notes cuz he's super new yeah. and he okay so he is targeting kids that have been through traumatic experiences in the township and underprivileged areas in South Africa because a lot of these kids are are around trauma or have been through trauma who have seen it and a lot of them are doing are seeing a few of it like before the age of 6 and we all know how important it is to have a decent development Really young in your in your in your life, and he's taking these kids. He's picking them up and he's taking them mountain biking. He's taking them to the forest. He's taking wow. them to the woods, and it's not necessarily like a high performance mountain bike academy. It's to really help these kids see and deal with trauma and and, and get in the get in nature, get away from maybe a tough uh, home environment, and get on a bicycle, learn a new skill, talk and talk to this guy. So he'll yeah. get, um, he's going to get education and is educated in a little bit of this counseling to, to speak to these kids.
1: That's pretty, yeah, So awesome. that's, that's actually pretty crazy. Insane. Yeah,
0: I forgot about that. So it's yeah. it's only just launched, um, hooked him up with a client from the bike shop and they donated some bikes and, and we, I'm helping with his proposals and he's quit his job. Like he's really passionate about wow. developing this academy and this charity to help kids that have been through traumatic occurrences and events in their lives no it's That's actually some of the yeah
1: yeah yeah so link in the show description to find out about that for sure we'll put a yeah, w- link to the cool. website cool. even Pedal if you can't Project. donate just it's, have a read it's
0: really cool yeah and i i left like the day they went for the first ride so i haven't been <laughs> able to ride with these kids okay um but i've seen the smiles on their faces and and uh look he's got a lot of hard work ahead of him hmm. it's exciting riding with the kids but the fundraising and and doing all that to to make it sustainable to to get these kids, you guys got to go and pick them up, get a trailer with the bikes, maintain the bikes, take them to the the forest and the mountain biking. So anyway, yeah, mm, mm. that actually just sprung to mind. That's pretty cool. Perfect.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, really cool. Link in the show description, folks. Get it. Go take a look. Um, do you actually of things do that? We that? Haven't I always say huh? I'm
0: gonna link and then I never link half the shit I say I'm gonna link.
1: <laughs> I make a little note here and I'll I'll, I'll throw it down. Oh there. Nice. Um, nice, Two things that we haven't spoken about that I really want to talk to you about. Um, number one would be it's sort of related, sort sort of to salaries, but not really. Would be like energy drink companies coming into the sport. I had a really interesting conversation with McDuff about this last night uh, about energy drink. Oh, well, not, I'm sure
0: you did. I'm mean, after this. Not really about
1: that. energy drinks, actually. Sort of different, but kind of connected um sorry i'd love to hear your thoughts on that you know you've witnessed this i think firsthand energy drink companies come into the sport you know you're a rock star athlete for a while is that right connected to the, yeah, to the team yeah, was. Yeah. yeah so you're on rockstar for a little while um so is it good is it bad you know i mean ultimately it looks good from the outside looking in but being on the inside what what, what do you see happening is it you know is is it sustainable is it going to keep happening I don't know. I'd just be curious to hear what I you mean,
0: think. I mean, I think it's here to stay. I mean, Monster were top three on the podium. I think. Oh yeah, it's I think pretty so, funny because yeah. yeah. it's on Red Bull TV and stuff. But Monster <laughs> like the top three athletes. I don't know. You know, back in the day when I was young and I, I didn't know much about nutrition and health. Um, to me, yeah, it cook. was like, yeah, while he's sipping a diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: First time um, i had one of these, man, for about five years.
0: <laughs> whatever. Now you busted on live podcast, yeah. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean, energy drinks when I was younger, I mean, it was a prestige to it. When you saw, like, a Red Bull hat or something, you know, that was always, like, the top of the sport in whatever sport they were. And, and, and to a certain extent, there still is that prestige. I think it's diluted a little bit now. Mm. You know, and when I was younger, I mean, it was awesome. Threw a bunch of money at me and... They painted the helmet, and I thought I was cool as shit. So to the point of like we're trying to get everyone paid more, this is an avenue. They're promoting the sport. The reach is getting out there. Do I think you should be smashing a lot of energy drinks? No. Mm. I mean, like (laughs) like too much of of anything is bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like they have their place a little bit in society. I don't really know. what, are you
0: what it is do? but I mean, yeah Kobe to be fair do you, do you been do, around yeah. for how long so yeah like do I think you should have a lot of it no um, do, do I drink some when I want to or need to yes uh, do I like that they're in the sport I don't know I, I mean I don't have the balls like Josh Bryson to say no to a big fat check yeah you
1: know, maybe I all. should
0: maybe I should have you know more courage to say hey I don't believe in a certain thing but to me, I could manage it. So,
1: mm.
0: like, if I don't wear it, the next guy's gonna wear it. That's also a cop out. If I say that's my reason, yeah, okay, yeah, well, I'm gonna yeah. turn it down. Well, then they just go to the next guy, and then it's on red, and then it's on the broadcast anyway.
1: Yeah, that checks so going somewhere. Yeah,
0: checks going somewhere, whether you like it or not. But that's, you know, I do think we need more people to stand up for what they believe in. Mm. So I'd like to hear what Matt says. I'm sure he's very against it. Um, I think you've got to be aware of what you put in your body as a whole, whether yeah, it's energy yeah. drinks or processed food or a candy bar. So
1: yeah yeah
0: it does help the riders get paid more. It does help events like Dark Fest Go ahead, which we all love seeing.
1: And also you know, for athletes helps, you know as well it, it, you know it's one thing that has kept coming up throughout this this podcast. It's like athletes that are assigned to one of those big brands. They get looked after. You know, if you get injured, boom, you're out. Especially with Red Bull, you know, if we're gonna name names. Like with Red Bull, if you get injured, you've got that helmet, you're gonna get looked after, you're gonna to go to the best spot. You're gonna get you know Yeah,
0: look look at that side. I mean and that's like look at Brooke. Like man. look
1: what they did for Brooke when he got injured, or Danny or he, whoever, you know, anyone really. But, uh Emil, but, fucking hell, yeah. everyone everyone who's <laughs> getting yeah. injured, they'll it's, take care of awesome. you It's awesome.
0: It's um so if you get you know, you get a wage and that's a bonus on top of it. It's take home money. So mm. Do all the athletes drink them? No. There's no ways. I mean, those bottles on the podium, half of them got water in. I don't know. Didn't hear it from me. I don't know. Maybe. So. Yeah, but, I think that's so been a speak, speculation for many so, years, right? <laughs> just. Yeah. But um, maybe to keep it lighthearted, to hijack your show. But hopefully the bullet point was there. So. Salaries. Blah, blah, blah. Like, how do the riders get paid more? So, an interesting topic was brought up again. It was, okay, so down was a time travel sport. Why aren't they in skin suits? They used to be in skin suits. Don't you want to go as fast as you can go? So,
1: hmm. I will
0: start this with. Unless you have wrapped yourself in a condom and ridden down a hill at 50k an hour, I don't know if it's fair that you can comment on this topic. Have you done it? I have wrapped myself in a condom, i.e. a skin suit. It's horrendous.
1: <laughs> Is it really? It's I can't horrendous. even imagine what it's like. Well, yeah, well, I can I, imagine. In a way, it's like wearing Lycra and you're out on your road bike, but riding it, down rocks. It's literally,
0: it's Lycra. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Lycra. And you've got rocks, roots, jumps. So if you come off, <laughs> there ain't no protection. You've no. got knee pads on. Some yeah. riders didn't even wear knee pads back then. So... No, I'm just teasing. But I mean, it's horrendous. You literally look like you're wrapped in a condom, and now you're trying to race down a hill. Like we're not, we're not skiing. Skiing, yeah, it's, they're going faster. But what happens when you fall off on your skis? You slide. Mm. You slide on the snow and the ice. What happens when you fall off a mountain
1: bike? Yeah. You don't really slide. You barrel roll. And if you slide, get you
0: yeah. And when you slide, it fucking hurts. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but, you know. Because there are no skin suits, the motor gear came in and a lot of riders are getting side deals. They're earning a lot of money. Gwyn, Manon, Loic. And when I was on Giant, Giant was sponsored by Fox, but because they wanted to build the brand, they paid Danny and I a separate wage. Right. So that was awesome. Yeah. You got to work with them. You got to do photo shoots. You helped design products. And like we spoke, that side of the sport is catching up if not close to moto. I don't have the right facts, but I mean it's a lot bigger than than the wage gap is. So Mm. that's really awesome. So riders are getting compensated by their kid sponsors, some of them, you know, and some of those kid sponsors are sponsoring teams. So the team has more budget. Yeah. If you're in a skin suit, yes, you can see some of the so some of the arguments are you can see the logos better on TV. Right?
1: Mm. But, that's but it's about selling products, ones. isn't it? They're not going like, to sell skin suits to people to ride across yeah, country. But like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't want to see them come back, you know, biasly. And I don't think the riders do for various reasons. Yeah. yeah. And one of them is, is monetary. One of them is the, the, the brand awareness of the sport. Look, I've seen some cool photos. When you're in a skin suit and you're on a bike going fast, like you can make it look pretty cool. But overall what do you want to promote to the masses mm. the masses doesn't ride down the hill in a skin suit
1: no no they definitely don't they definitely don't and, and obviously that the gear companies aren't going to be too stoked on it either because they're not going to sell that stuff it looks shit too let's be honest with you it's not a cool look for the sport is it but
0: no man <laughs> and i'll tell you a funny story they just they're just horrendous. So they're one-piece suits, right? So you've got to zip up the front often, I think. And, you know, maybe I'll dig up an old picture of. you get someone to send you a picture. Me dressed like a bloody condom. condom. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so now I'm at the top of the race, nervous as per usual. And what do you do? You need, normally need a pee when you're nervous. So off I go to the woods. Now you've got to zip the front down. You can I'm not going to like, I'm close to my race start, right? So I'm not going to take the shoulders off and pull it down. So I'm going down there and I'm getting as much as I can out to have <laughs> a whiz. And obviously I'm in a rush and I'm nervous and it all goes back in. And I go back to my training bike and I look down and I'm in a green lycra suit. And <laughs> I haven't, I haven't wiped it all. So now I'm starting a world champs run and I'm like looking down. I'm like, I hope that dries by the time I get down to the bottom. But I, I, can't, I can't even do anything. So that's another crap thing about these guys saying, oh, we should bring skin suits back. No.
1: So you can't pee.
0: No, it's crap. No, I, I see where they're coming from. I see where they're coming from. Like I understand Like why would you not want to go as fast as you can? Yeah. But if no one's wearing a skin suit, then we're all on more playing fields and then some guys a little bit tighter top and tighter pants, whatever. At least they look better than the skin suit.
1: Do you think skin suits would come back if downhill was an Olympic sport?
0: Oh, that's a good question. You'd have to have a pretty strong riders petition to stop that
1: yeah let's like because, please keep this thing cool <laughs> please <laughs> yeah you're yeah, right because you know right? someone had slide one on there right someone's gonna give well, it a go it's
0: not it's not happening at world champs and world champs is the biggest one of the biggest races in downhill so they've stopped it happening there okay so for a for a while it didn't happen at world cups and then at world, so it will so it's kind of this novelty and kind of fun for the riders mm. but it's weird to ride them if you have a track that's fast like that Gang motorway section oh Dude, you'll take some seconds out of guys in a skin suit, but you also hit the jumps like faster. So yeah. if you haven't practiced
1: in one, that's horrendous as well. I can imagine. imagine. Why isn't Down an Olympic sport? Have you got any insights on that? Has, has there been talks? Like, what's, what's the deal? Uh,
0: no, I don't. I think it'd be challenging to find a venue at all the places. So it'd be pretty okay. far away. Um, no, but what I have heard is there's only a certain amount of medals per cycling. So for us to get in, I think something has to fall away.
1: Right. Okay. Because obviously BMX is rumors. now in there, so something. Yeah, have... but
0: exactly. But I heard rumors the wrong BMX was in first because they thought it was meant to be parked, but then racing came in or the other way around. Ah. Okay. So interesting. That's a. I don't have direct info on that. I'll have to do some digging and ask. Yeah. Some guys why it's not in. Um, but I did hear in some in there, of those sure. rumors of like some disciplines or medals yeah. would have to fall away. So you'd have to lose some of the track event or lose something mm. so that you can then distribute medals, apparently.
1: I remember. I don't know if this is... But I mean, it would, would help
0: like the younger generation watch, you yeah. know, and that's why they're bringing BMX Park in, right? That's to bring skate, the younger t- skateboard. demographic. Skateboard yeah. in. Skateboard yeah. in. Has it yeah.
1: been in? Yeah. so now.
0: I hope it is. I'm
1: sure I've seen it. I'm sure this is the first year.
0: Well, and but BMX park, this is going to be the first year. Yes, I think
1: skate is the first year as well. Then skate park. Yeah, I think it is. I hope it is. I'm pretty sure I'm I'm right on that though. Yeah, it'd be. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see a few action sports and fringe sports coming into the Olympics for sure. Whether that is good or bad, I'm gonna sit on the fence because I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure if you speak to some really hardcore bmx guys they're gonna say no but i'm sure if you speak to some of the park guys yeah. they're probably gonna be like yeah it's pretty cool being an olympic athlete you know um
0: it, it would be awesome to be call yourself an olympic athlete definitely it um it definitely takes the core out of it a bit i know bmx a lot of guys got burnt out on that and, and it took the fun out of it but mm-hmm. i mean and i don't know if it pushed the wages up enough to make it worth well it made it more professional but you can ask Jared Graves how hard that was, and, and I know Mike Day, um, right. who got a bronze medal as far as I know. Okay. Well, uh, oh, come to think of it, let's actually reach out to him. He'd be a good guy to get. a He'd be podcast, a good guest. Yeah, he will, I've uh, played beer pong at his birthday before, and I mean, he's such... You know when you like meet people you look up to or you like want to hang out, and then sometimes they're not what you thought they would be mike day was that and more It's just so chilled fun <laughs> great guy
1: yeah yeah dude well you know we're over two hours we could probably sit and riff for a long time but before we go got to ask you top pick world cup champion male and female at the end of 2021 who are you picking
0: oh shucks i've been picking race per race I'm have you two now yeah, um, so I butchered the first one. Well, no, Loris got a puncher again, so that was really unlucky. Um, obviously, he's hurting a little bit more than me at my mm. pick. And then I went with. Um, I was I was kind of presumptuous that the course was going to be really dry in the bottom woods because often we went to Lea Gang and there was a new section, and then we went back a year later. It was quite it was bed in hard pack. This was not the case. So I went with Greg and Gwen okay. as my other two. And I think Greg on a cleaner run would have done pretty well. He had like a little mechanical. And then Gwen just didn't quite get through the woods. I don't think that's his true season. So I butchered the mm. first one. Okay. But I think 2021 World Cup overall, one race in. So Troy shown his cards
1: Showed them pretty good too, man. He had a few ah, aces in there. <laughs> he came yeah. through with the aces. <laughs> so, so, woman... Jeez. Woman. Can
0: I bet on Valley Hall for the whole season? She is going to win this year. So, you Valley Hall going to win this year. Yeah. All right. Like I mean, it. yes, she could have won that. She fell off. Camilla, what a great race. Yeah. I think... And she, a great start the to spot. the
1: season too, man. Really good yeah. start. Actually, an exciting yeah, race to watch. Awesome.
0: Um, but Marine... So with that wood section, not everyone's shown their like true form and cards. So it's like a great race; everyone deserved to win. But like the depth in that top five and top ten wasn't true to in my mind. Okay. We're gonna get to a more consistent track, and we will. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness! But you need an answer, and I'm, I'm uh, i I can Mr. Consistency do it now that he's won one. I'm gonna go with Troy. I'm gonna go with nice. Troy, but I think Amory Amory is gonna be good. Greg's a fighter. Who knows? Yeah. I've got this weird feeling that he's still pissed off about got motivation. But I'm going to go with Troy. Um, and maybe Amari's going to fight a bit. Um, yeah, Amari's going to fight a bit in Loic. But I, it's so hard to tell. It's ridiculous. And then in the woman. Uh, sure. I don't know if the youngster can pull off a whole season. (laughs) This one's going to be tough. Uh, But let's put, let's, oh, shucks. Is it Miriam, Marine, Tane, or Valley? And you put me on the spot. (laughs) It's so hard to tell. It's actually just stupid, isn't it? Which is good.
1: It means it's stacked. Yeah, it
0: means it's good. And Camilla, and I'm not going to write her. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, well maybe I'll back back Marine. She won last year. Some more tracks going on. Oh, the youngster, I don't know. I'll go with Marine, but Valley's going to give her a good, good, good fight. And I do think Tane and Miriam. It's too hard. It's 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 a tosser between those four. But who have I said? I can't even remember.
1: Tane, Miriam, uh, Valley.
0: But for the title, okay, I'll just yeah. go and get crazy and actually just say, okay, Valley will take it. Okay. But that's just
1: just speculation. It's not. Dude, it's fun. I like, don't know. is hilarious. Yeah, it's exactly. hilarious. And I, and I if, don't know yeah. enough about the sport. I mean, I know enough, but like, not, not. I'm not as in depth as you. But it, you know, if I was to pick, I'd well, go Valley for sure. And then I'm gonna okay. go. Okay,
0: okay, Louis. Okay, cool. Yep. So we must write these down. This will be cool to come back. And uh, hey, if you like bench racing, there's a podcast you can follow. <laughs> just say it
1: yeah dude Just there is and it the link I think, is in the show description I think,
0: <laughs> I think there's a podcast and
1: the host is an no. absolute g and
0: <laughs> he might annoy you send him a message give him some feedback i don't mind it. send me some hate mail it's let's have it
1: no we're having fun
0: with it i want some ideas what you want to hear more about in the if you do listen to the post racing and dave i'm going to force you to listen to one or two
1: Dude, I will. Honestly, well, we can I, talk. my phone's not here. I'd show you. It's at the top of my thing to listen to next. Um, I've just been, yeah, it's been a busy week Sick. already. <laughs> but I will. No, I will listen. Anyway. I'm interested. Bro, thanks I'm interested so with...
0: much. I appreciate. I appreciate you. I appreciate your in depth thoughts, challenging me. we're gonna take that other thing offline. And good luck with the edit and the assets. And all the work that's going to go into this. Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely love sitting and chatting to you. We're going to get you on mid-season anyway with the uh, with the new series with Ollie and I, if that's okay. Sick. Uh, oh, we'll catch did, up I mid-season and have a bit of idea. a review what's going on and stuff like that. That will be super fun. And um, do it again. I just want to say thank you because you you've become a good friend and I really really appreciate everything that you've done for me. And looking forward to some cool stuff that we can maybe now work on in the future, which is pretty cool but um great guest as always great insights great conversation and uh i hope everyone out there's enjoyed listening don't forget to like and subscribe comment send hate mail to both of us and um yeah appreciate everyone for listening it's uh it's been fun peace there we go And and one last
0: thing before you guys go if you enjoyed the episode please share it with a friend make sure you subscribe Leave us hopefully a five-star rating and review. I read all those reviews. It's awesome getting them. If you've got any feedback, you want to send me a message, I get all those messages. I try to respond to them all. I really appreciate it. It's been a fun journey so far. So until the next one, stay well.